Hello and welcome back to a brand new episode of the Pick Side Podcast. My name is Joe Moran and I'm here with Riven Andrew Velez and this is now episode 110. In this episode we are going to debate which team will be the worst in the NBA, which player on the Raptors will break out, Anthony Edwards sophomore season and whether we are starting benching or cutting Steph Curry, Damian Lillard or Kyrie Irving. For the football portion of the show, we'll give our NFL awards predictions and give our take on what team will surprise us this season. To end off the show, we are going to give our week one predictions with NFL Pick'em Week 1 edition. Let's go. If you're new to the podcast, NFL Pick'em is basically our, I guess, heralded segment. I, I it's, a, it's a segment near and dear to my heart because last year we did it in the entire football season. It's basically... Giving our predictions for each week, but in a short, concise manner, and it's it's very fun. I think this year we are going to keep track of it. I know for for sure I won last year, but this year I, we want to keep track of it to make sure that I actually did win. Which I is came probably in gonna, second. That's all. Which I is probably about. going to happen. How do you know? I again. know I came in second. Yo, I think you should start saying my full name. We're reaching that professional level. Really? You start saying my Yo, government. This is a big. This is so a big River step. Brown Junior. That's not my. <laughs> That's it. Come on, bro. That's his son. He's I'm the senior. senior. I'm the senior. Oh, he's River Brown. Yeah. So a quick Patreon shout out to Davon McLaurin, Rice Family, John Pizzavelli, Sean Triplett, Burner Hoops, Cat Stevens, Ben Mack, P. Dot, George Garcia, Hikari, Mateen, and Jay Aqua. If you guys want to be a part of our Discord server and get exclusive access to stuff that we have in store in the future, you can subscribe to our Patreon or join as a YouTube member that is greatly appreciated and before we get into this episode a quick word from our sponsors the daily stakes most of the time when we bet we aim for the stars shoot for the dark and hope our bet turns out correct when you sign up with the daily stakes that won't be the case the daily stakes provides you with the same analytics used by professional sports bettors and sports books to give you the edge you need. You will have access to model projections, key stats, and confidence ratings so you can be educated with the bet you are making and feel comfortable with it. The Daily Stakes covers the NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, and the UFC. Another awesome feature the Daily Stakes has is that they host weekly contests that give you a chance to win an authentic sports jersey. And all you have to do is answer games that are going to be happening that current week. There are three types of memberships. The sport card membership gives you access to one league of your choosing and the features mentioned before for $14.99 a month. The all sports plan gives you access to all leagues they cover, the features mentioned before, and the ability to have a one-on-one session with the Daily Stakes team to guide you on your betting needs for $29.99 a month. And if you aren't sure about which one to choose, you can try the All Sports Trial, which is $6.99 a week and gives you all the features the All Sports Plan offers outside of the one-on-one session and the ability to enter giveaways. If you are interested in any of these packages, you can get a 30% discount code when you use the code PICKASIDE at checkout. That is P-I-C-K-A-S-I-D-E, PICKASIDE at checkout. The link to the Daily Stakes website will be in our description box down below. Now we're back and we're going to get on with this episode. This is going to be a, a great episode. It's short, concise, and that's probably what our episodes are going to be from now on because we all have school going <laughs> on and our schedules are getting tighter. So because of that, uh, we're trying to do like eight to ten segments an episode and not make it three hour long episodes because I know you already have your stuff going oh, yeah. on. Riv has his stuff. I have my stuff. So let's get on to the first 
segment of this show. Okay. Which team is going to be the worst in the NBA next season? We unintentionally already answered this question, <laughs> right? Because we, we did a segment on the San Antonio Spurs draft and Josh Primo. And I said, listen, I think the Spurs might be the worst team in the NBA next season. Then we posted it on TikTok. It, it got a lot of hits on TikTok. It got posted on Twitter. Spurs Twitter came after us. And we unintentionally already answered this question. But now this is a legit topic. This is a topic of its own. Which team will be the worst in the NBA? What do you think, Riv? You know, <laughs> I don't want to. I, th- I want to delve down on San Antonio. I don't think they'll be the worst. I think, you know, they're more of like a wait-and-see process. You know, they have a lot of young talent and a lot of guys who are a little bit unproven, and it's a wait-and-see for them. I, You know, I thought about— Twitter scared him straight. That's what it was. <laughs> nah. Scared him straight. You know, you know, you, what you all like to say? I went back and I looked at all the information. Respect, you know what I'm saying? So now that, I want, but, I, you know, I looked at OKC as a— Option too, but you know, okay. SGA, if he stays healthy, I think they'll be a competitive team. Lugan Dortz, Darius Baisley, you know, Josh Giddy, they just trapped him. So, you know, they're, they're going to be all right, I think, as long as they stay healthy. Sacramento was the team I looked at, but I think wow. for the two teams, and this, I was jockeying between these two teams. Sacramento. As the worst team. I know, that's why I was... was No, 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 no. I said I was thinking about Sacramento, but I ended up not picking them because I feel like Darian Fox is there. You know, Halle Mm -hmm. Burton is there. They just drafted Davion Mitchell. So I don't think they're going to be the worst team. They're going to be competitive for a long time. I think I jockeyed between these two teams, the Cleveland Cavaliers and the Houston Rockets. I think Houston Rockets being as if they're so young and John Wall, he's still a bit injury prone. Jalen Green's fresh. Sengun is fresh. You know, Christian Wood, he he was in the lineup, but he had a lot of injuries that kind of nagged him throughout the season. But I think with the West being so stacked, you know, the Pelicans, the Warriors, the Suns, the Jazz, the Lakers, the Clippers, Portland, them being so stacked as it is, I can see Houston at being at the bottom and still being a competitive team, just being the worst team in the league. And then, of course, Cleveland, you know, with their log jam, they kind of just have guys that kind of don't fit. And we still don't know what they're going to be. So I think with that being said, they're still a really bad defensive team, but they have a lot of young talent. But still, Kevin Love is there. We don't know what he's going to do. Laurie Markin, he's still a wait and see, hoping on his potential. Evan Mobley's gonna, a rookie, so you're not going to really rely on him too much. And we know what Jared Allen is. They were good defensively last season. They was. Keelan, yeah. I'm pretty sure they were top 10. Well, they just picked up Laurie. So they lost Larry Nance. And they got it. They Mobley, did add him. Yep. Rookie, they lost their best defender in Larry Nance. They picked up Laurie Markkinen, who is, from a Bulls fan, I will tell you, one of the worst defensive bigs in the <laughs> league. They were the 17th ranked defense. 17th? Yeah. Well, Laurie, losing Larry. It's not that great. Losing Larry, gaining Laurie, eh, it keeps him in the 20 range. Adding Mobley, though. We'll see. They have yeah, so Those are my two teams. 25th defensive rating, though. Ooh. So they lied. Bad. <laughs> now I'm pretty. You sure probably seen them play the Nets. Top ten, and they, just like nah. Top ten, they were. I mean, the Nets gave them like. I know what you're talking about. It was it was a stretch where they were top ten in the league yeah. in defense. But though, yeah, those are my two teams. Still just trying to figure out which. I was got the Cavaliers and in the East. I got the Cavs in the West. I got Houston. Wow. Yeah, so those are my two. I, the teams. Houston ones interesting to me, especially Jalen Green, John Wall still there. Rookie John Wall's injury prone. Fair enough. Fair enough. Oh. But I just think the Magic overall. Whole roster taken into account, they don't have this, the the matchups that I guess that the Rockets so? would have. Jonathan Isaac coming off significant. Like, he's looked really good, which I don't doubt because he's a good ball player. It's just that really I can't good. trust that he's going to be on the court for an entire season. Well, if that's my West team, so don't do that. 
Okay. Compared I'm just to we're my t- well, it said NBA. That was well, the question. I wanted to pick two. Now you're an overachiever. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying with the Rockets, you're selling them short because John Wall last year averaged 20 points per game. Mm-hmm. He had a great season. Christian Wood averaged 20 and 10 when he was on the court. Wasn't he an all-star and then wasn't selected because he was, he was a, hurt? He was supposed to be yes. an all-star definitely last year. He was supposed to. It was mm-hmm. because he got he, he didn't yes, play Yes, he made much. the roster. I could have No, no, he didn't make the roster. He was not supposed to be an all-star. He, 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 he never made the roster. I thought he should have gotten the all-star Over nod who? if he kept the trajectory. Anthony Davis. Okay, that's a, Anthony well, Davis, he's a big, yeah. he's a forward. He wasn't going to, you know... First of all, wait, hold on. <laughs> he's over AD last, based on last season. Yes, he is. You know what? In the All-Star game, you're saying. For, in the All-Star I'm game, yeah. If, 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 if Darian Fox didn't, wasn't going to get in, John Wall wasn't going to get in. I'm talking about Christian Wood. Oh, yeah. I'm thinking you said John Wall. No, sorry, I'm sorry. I'm talking about Christian right. Wood. I'm so, that one. so John Wall averaged 20, Christian Wood averaged 20, Jalen mm-hmm. Green, we know he's a bucket, KPJ... Is he going to take a step up? I think he I is. I think so, too. I, this team has a lot of talent. I don't think they're going to be the worst in the West. Definitely not. I don't I think do. they are. If that's your opinion, okay, yeah. Drew, who do you have? I have the Magic as the worst team right now. I just think that overall, talent-wise, they don't match up well with a bunch of the other East teams that had gotten better. The West is a significantly better conference, in my, in my yeah. opinion, at least. And I just look at the starting roster. Point guard, they're probably going to start... Uh, Jalen Suggs, either at the one or the two, probably they're going to be forced to start either Gary Harris or Markel Fultz. I'm going to assume they're going to start Markel because they just gave him the contract. They're not going to start Terrence Ross. They have Wendell Carter Jr. as their big Robin Lopez off the bench. This roster is just a bunch of names that I'm just not impressed with overly. And it's just you think about all the other teams that are in the conference. The Pistons, at least, they just got the number one pick in Kate Cunningham. I already like him more than I like every player on Orlando as is. Cavaliers, their starting five is better than Orlando's, which is why I don't think they'll be the worst team. And you bring it to the West. You mentioned the Spurs. I think the Spurs will be better because they're better coached than the Magic are just off rip. And we see them be competitive year in, year out, regardless of that. But as a, as the roster goes, I can understand comparing the two. As you mentioned, Houston I, again, I, I just can't back that yet, just because I think KPJ is going to take a jump. I'm I'm a big fan of Jalen Green's. John Wall is still a respectable ball player in this league. Christian Wood is very good as well. So overall, I just feel like they the Magic have the worst roster, and coaching wise is not. Of course, they have, they're bringing in a new head coach, and we don't know much about him yet, but. Going into the season right now, I have the Magic as the worst. When talking about which team will be the worst in the NBA, I have to break it down like it's a math equation. You don't. And the two conferences in the NBA, East and West, (laughs) you have to look at every single likely possibility. You have to look at the teams and be honest with yourself and say, do they have a chance of being the worst team? And in the East, I look at the Magic, the Cavs, and the Pistons, and I say, they all have a chance at being the worst team yeah. in that conference. Who would I who would I say is the worst team? I'd probably say the Magic because I think the Cavs starting lineup is better. I think the Pistons with Jeremy Grant and Cade Cunningham have more talent to work with, at least right now, more proven talent, even though Cade is not proven, but I'm banking on it, banking on him regardless. Mm-hmm. Then I look at the Western Conference. I look at the Spurs. I look at the Thunder. <laughs> I look at the Rockets. Houston is not in this discussion. Thinking about it, knowing the talent they have, Jay Wall, Green, C. Wood, KPJ, I'm going to let them go out. So it's between the Thunder and the Spurs for me. 
the Thunder because, yes, they have Shea. But outside of Shea, who else is a threat on that roster? Nobody else is a threat. Lou Dort, he's had, he had some big games last year. He's a lockdown defender. But in terms of an offensive initiator, what is he going to be? Mm. Josh Giddy as a rookie. I like Josh Giddy a lot. I like his long-term upside. But as a rookie this season, how much of an impact is he really going to make? They lost Al Horford also in trade. He was their best center. Now, who do they start at center? There are a lot of holes on his roster. Because of that, I think the Thunder have a huge possibility at being the worst team in the league. And then I look at the Spurs. The Spurs undoubtedly will be a top, a bottom five team in the NBA. The Spurs undoubtedly, undoubtedly will be a bottom five team in the NBA. But the worst, I'm not quite sure because they still have a lot of young talent that can play together like Lonnie Walker, Keldon Johnson, uh, DeJounte Murray, Devin Vassell, Jakob Pertl, who's a very good defender, one of the one of the better defenders at the big man position in the NBA. But it's funny because when the Spurs, when Spurs Twitter came after our video and talked about the Spurs and how much young talent they have and how cohesive they're going to play, and they downplayed the losses of DeMar DeRozan, of Rudy Gay, and Patty Mills. And the main argument they use for DeMar DeRozan not being so valuable is that he had a negative net rating and, and he didn't have a positive plus minus. Well, if that's the case, then Rudy Gay was a big loss because Rudy Gay had the best net rating on their team last year and they lost Rudy Gay. Another point they make, oh, we got Doug McDermott who's going to help us out with three-point shooting. Yeah, but you lost your best three-point shooter in Patty Mills as well. Mm-hmm. You lost your best three-point shooter. You lost Rudy Gay, who has become a solid defender and a solid off, and he was who's always been a solid offensive player. And you lost your best player in Demar Derozan. Because of that, I don't have any hope for the Spurs. They are going to be one of the worst teams in the NBA. The worst, I'm not sure. If I have to take a wild guess right now, I think the worst team in the NBA is going to be OKC. Second is Orlando. Third is San Antonio. I got to push back on that because you look at it. Let's let's stay in the West for a little bit because I think on the East we can agree. Orlando, you said Orlando, you said Orlando, but you both said Cleveland could be in that conversation. So we kind of agree on that end. So let's just stick in the West for a little bit. You said Josh Giddy's a rookie. You don't know what he's. You don't know how much he's going to contribute. Houston has about three, four rookies that's probably going to be in the rotation all season. Singoon, Garuba, Josh Christopher, Jalen Green. That's four rookies. That I, I don't said know possibly. If, I, I said don't know possibly. if Singoon is going to be on the rotate in the rotation. Well, who's their backup big? Daniel Tice. Didn't they take Sengun over Garuba? Yeah, Garuba was a hot, was a later pick. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. Well. They're possibly they're gonna get into the rotation. I mean, you don't know because with Houston, Jay Sean Tate, Kenyon Martin well, Jr. Well, I, I, we don't know if Christian Wood and John Wall are gonna stay healthy all year. That, that's that's something we don't know. Isn't Jay Sean yeah. a small forward? Jay right, Sean he's, he's can play. The, he he's can like play a both. PJ Tucker. Okay, okay. So, he can play both. So we don't know if those two are gonna say. So you're relying on basically Jalen Green to be your leading score, one of your leading scorers day from day one. You don't can think he, he not can do, do that? that? Didn't or? say that. But mm-hmm. I'm saying in San Antonio, it's a little different. DeJounte Murray, you kind of know what he is. Derek White, you kind of know what he is. Keldon Johnson, you kind of know what he is. He's also improving. There, there's a lot of guys. I mean, Keldon Johnson can be, can be improving all he wants. But the bottom line is that 
the players that had the worst defensive rating on the Spurs last year mm. weren't DeRozan. It wasn't Rudy Gay. It wasn't Patty Mills. <clears throat> it was Lonnie Walker Jr. Lonnie Walker Jr. is not a good defender at all. Keldon Johnson Jr. was second in terms of players He's that matter and get and get a Keldon Johnson. My fault. Oh. Keldon Johnson in terms of players that matter. He was second. He had the second worst defensive rating. Lonnie Walker and Keldon Johnson are not good defenders. Mm-hmm. Jalen Green is. I'm not saying Jalen Green is, but Jalen Green is 10 times the score. Either of those guys are. That's a fact. That's a fair point. Well, we don't know, but we could assume. Well, I'm, I'm just saying that. No, we could definitely assume that. it. If the Spurs made more moves in the offseason, I'd be okay with their team. But Houston but bottom made line, moves. But they already have good a good foundation. Christian Wood is better than anybody on the Spurs. Yeah, but to say they already have a foundation. And when, John Wall, I don't. Arguable. I, it's based arguable. On, based on how John Wall played last year. I might take him over to Jonte Murray. The only thing is Strictly John Wall right st- now is a player. John Wall missed time last season too. But to say they have foundation when San Antonio only lost three guys, most of the guys are still their there. best player, in the and they still have the, the Patty Mills has been a foundational guy for them for but, years. But the Jonte Murray has been a foundation for them recently. Same with who's, Keldon. Who's the best backup point guard in the league? Would you say? I think it's probably Patty Mills, right? No, I told you it was Monte Morris. You think Monte Morris is better than Patty Mills? <clears throat> in the same level. I don't think he's better than Patty Mills. Patty's a better shooter. I think Patty Mills is just a gamer. He's more of a gamer than Monte. I don't Morris. even know what that means. It means um, that you step up when things what you, what get you, tough. What do you ball his life now? Better than Patty Mills? I say no. You the bleed the ball his life guy I now? Say Patty, he, he I hoops? say Patty Mills. Okay. that's what you're saying. That's, to not, me? He, he, that's not ball his life. Bro. I'm that's just saying. Don't stop. San Antonio has Greg Popovich, who's old as hell. Don't but that, don't you on, dare! Easy, but don't, come easy, on, let's easy, just easy, let's easy. come on, let's just be honest. He's still no. he's old as hell and still that's is ten times better than Houston. Criticize Who's Houston's coach? No, I love Who's Houston's Greg coach? Popovich. Who's Houston's Paul coach? Are you Stephen Salas? So are you serious? It doesn't matter how old Popovich no, is. I he's get still it. above. I get it. Steven I get it. Tyler. Greg Popovich is, is a great coach. Still, I'm not knocking him. <laughs> but how much is he really going to invest into this roster? Let's be honest. You know, I think retirement is just around the corner for him. He's probably not fully invested into this roster. That doesn't mean he is going to make him compete. And you said you, you you downplayed OKC as if they wasn't a really competitive team. Even they're probably going to walk, they're walking in the same team last year. Obviously, they're losing Al Horford, but for the most part, they have around the same team with a couple guys <coughs> at it. They were sixteen and nineteen with their best player at the time. But Shea playing the best basketball he's ever played in his life. You don't think he, he's going to be able to do that? First of all, and people love, he's he's going to have the same role that he had last year, no, the I same like situation. Shea, but, but I'm just saying, let's not He's act one of the like best ISO scorers in the league. Let's not act like OKC when you see them on talent. It's not one of the worst rosters in the league. I, I'd honestly say the only reason I'd put them over Orlando is because Orlando doesn't have a proven guy. Yep. The only thing holding OKC above water is that they have Shea. Yep. That's it. And that's he's a great player, but... OKC's roster is not better than San Antonio top to bottom. It's not. Outside of once it's Shea, it's a bunch of Spurs, and then it's an OKC guy. It wasn't better than their roster last year. Who? OKC. OKC wasn't better than San Antonio's roster last year. And the Spurs are better. Yeah, but they weren't. I'm saying they weren't the worst team in the league at the time when they had their best player. Like I think we're down. We're looking at the rosters, yeah, but I think we're downplaying the fact that they play. They play around their best player. Their best player leads the charge, and the other guys follow suit. You're talking about OKC here yes, now. Yes, I'm talking about OKC. Okay, Houston doesn't necessarily have that. You know, Christian Wood is undoubtedly their best player, but they don't have that where they can just rally around their best players or they have that type of leader. So you don't think last year Houston basically tanking the second half of the season had anything to do with the with them potentially losing their top four pick 
if they were outside of it, it would have went to OKC. Houston, you could see during during the end. I mean, don't forget when they first traded away James Harden when they had Oladipo, yeah. Christian Wood, and John trying. Wall. They they went on a five game win streak. They were com- they were very. Then they competitive. started losing. Then they started well, losing. Christian Wood went out. Then, then they traded Oladipo. John Wall then they went hurt. into a full rebuild. They started tanking yeah. because they wanted to get their pick. All I'm saying is that let's not act like Houston doesn't have a lot of talent because no, on- but it's a lot of like you said unproven talent. John Wall and Seawood are not unproven. What else? KPJ's unproven. But then compare it to who? It's a different role. We don't know yet. No, no. no we don't, we no, don't know yet. That's a fact. With KPG, you, we don't KPJ know yet. Unproven? He's very talented, but we don't know but in a new he's role. Proven. He's How proven. How is he proved? What has he proved? Who are you talking about? KPG. What has he proved? Kevin Porter Jr. Nah, what has he right. proved? He's, so, he's a solid ball player, But what player, has he though? proved, though? I mean, he could be a, a good playmaker, what and he has I mean, the ability to score the basketball. What do you mean what he's proved? Last year, he had 14 to 16 points per game. said he was a proven player. He's a... I know what KPJ is going to be. He's not a bad ball player. I've never said he was a bad ball player, but he said he's proven as if we don't know. He's so in a new his, role this so, year. Okay, so what's his floor yeah. then? What do you think Kevin Porter Jr.'s floor is then? In terms of points per game and averages. Points per game? Yeah. What's his floor? 15, 16. Oh, so he's still a good player. No, you overshot him. If you were going to say anything, I, I do think he's a 15, 16 point per game, but floor... And, and you're not saying that he's proven? Like, that's... Yeah, exactly. He's that's what whole, I'm saying. He's in a completely new role. But you just said his player. floor is 15 a game. Because let's what, be honest, what, he's not going to be Who's not taking a guy who yeah. can score 15 yep. a game if that's their floor? How many yeah. games did he play with the Rockets last year? That's, I got it. Keep talking. No, nah, you good, Drew. You can, you can finish the conversation. But regardless of that fact, he's not going to be asked to score that much. What well, he, he's not. He's asked to be a star no, in Houston. He's going to be asked to facilitate the offense. He played 26 He played twenty six games and averaged 17. 17. How many and assists did he average? Did with Cleveland? He averaged six assists. Bro, how many, he how didn't did, play with Cleveland last he didn't. year. So he just played 26 games? Yes. Why didn't he play with Cleveland? Because there were some issues that they had so, internally. Okay, okay, okay. All right. So 26 games. He averaged 17 and six assists. Now playing with, and I'm pretty sure John Wall didn't play a bulk of those games because that was towards the end of the season. John Wall did come back, but he did miss a good amount. So that of was games. that was when no John Wall, no Jalen Green, John just him, just John, him no, out there. No, there was games where John Wall was oh, for, for the majority of the games. I see that. I don't know. So let, let me ask you this: so you This is think, a new role. So you don't. So you don't think with more talent around him, he's going to play better? I just I don't know. Is what I'm saying. Like you said with Giddy, he's unproven. Like you said with well, Giddy's a rookie. Well, no, you said Dort's also. Though. You play. said Dort's also. We don't know. No, no, no. I never said Dort is. We don't know. I said Dort. Mm-hmm. Defensively, we know what he but is. Offensively, we don't it, know yet. Yeah, but He's, I think that's a pretty fair statement because we've seen him for two years now. We've seen KPJ for two years. But we've seen what KPJ is on offense, bro. No, but for KPJ, 26 we know, games, though? We know he's a good offensive player. That's not that's not up for debate. He scored 50 on the Bucks. He did. Okay. Like, so 26 games makes you a proven player is what you're saying. I'm saying and, 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 I know in terms of offensively, I know what I'm getting he, out of KPJ. Houston, I can he's rely he, on we, him. Houston, he's he's supposed to be a star there. We can all agree he's one. He's one of their. That's franchise. what they're hoping he becomes. All, right, all I'm gonna say is he did this with John Wall. That's what I wanted to know. He did this with John Wall. Okay. John Wall missed the last one, two, three, four, five games of the year. A good portion they played together. Good. So he did it with John Wall, basically, pretty much. That's my thing. I think if anything, what you could say is the points are going to fall, but I think the assists are going to go up. He's going to be asked. So l- let me ask you this, Riff. Sorry to cut so, you off. That's all right, bro. So Shea, right? He's the, he's OKC's best offensive player. If the ball is not in his hands, who else is going to initiate? 
Like as of their team right now? Yes. Giddy. I was going to say if he's there playing healthy. So Giddy, a rookie. You're relying on a rookie. And you, I mean, I'm high on Giddy. I'm relying on SGA. I'm high on Giddy, but you have been vocal this entire I'm, draft. No, you don't like Giddy. But I've said on, I'm relying on SGA. Yeah. That's, that's what so I've said. So that means that outside of SGA, you're going, you also, your second best initiator is Josh Giddy, who's a rookie. Well, who, who was it last year? Who you, exactly. And last year they sucked. When he didn't play. He's solely basing it on when he, SGA. Just like playing. when he didn't play, I'm t- I can't. I can't. If they if he doesn't play, they were like six. They're horrible. But when he plays, they're pretty. They're. Com- I'm not gonna say it, they're competitive. They're competitive. Yeah. Even when he has the ball in his hands for the majority of the game, which he does, he they're a competitive team. He makes plays for his team. That's all. When he plays, though, speaking on strictly when he plays, not when he doesn't play, because obviously they're the worst team in the league by far. But when he plays, they're a pretty competitive team. That's true because Shea is that good. But at the same time, I don't think that he can make up the deficit mm-hmm. of the lack of talent on that roster. Say. Because after is as giddy as Lou Dort, right. then it's Baisley, then I don't even know who their starting center is right now. I think it might be Derek Favors. Yeah, it might say, be Derek they Favors. Traded so they just traded, they just, didn't they just draft somebody? No, nah, they didn't draft any center in the draft. I could look it up right now. They have Jeremiah Robinson Earl on the team. They did draft him. But there's a huge drop-off with Houston. I know that there's a good chunk of guys that can come in and contribute right. and I could rely on them and are solid role players. That's fair. You know, I know J- John Wall and Christian Wood are both giving me 20 a game. I it depending I know C was going to give me that. Yeah. John Wall if he takes a back seat and lets KPJ shine, I know KPJ is capable of averaging 18 and 7. Jalen Green, I think he can easily average 16 as a rookie. And if he averages 16 as a rookie, that's great for him and now you got a bunch of guys. So, I mean, I think Houston has a lot of talent. For them to be the worst team in the West, I just don't see it. I, like I said, I think it's between the Spurs and OKC. I get the Spurs have the coaching, but let's not forget that this coach has also been late to the three-point revolution and has not adjusted his offensive game plan around how the league is trending. The Spurs have been have been a mid-range team since this three-point revolution began, they have stuck to it. He stuck to that you philosophy. You could say that, but he's, he had them in the play-in last year. The year before that, he took Denver to seven, if I'm not mistaken. What has it been over the last three years they haven't when, been good? When the, Spurs, when, the Spurs took, when the Spurs took last the Nuggets. Three. Last three. Because 17, they made it, I'm pretty sure. They still had Kawhi. That's when he had the ankle injury. I could be wrong. But I'm saying, I'm, if I'm going based off no, my No, they mind. did make it. So, okay, I was going to say. 17, they went to the WCF. I was, and then 18. Kawhi got. No, didn't 18, they went to the WCF. It was one of the two. So no, Kawhi didn't play that 19, year. 19, he went Kawhi to. Exactly. So 17, yes. WCF. Kawhi didn't play 18. Mm-hmm. 19, they got DeMar. They played Denver mm-hmm. in, in seven games. Mm-hmm. They lost. And now I forgot what happened in the bubble. I completely forgot. That series, 2019 versus, versus Denver in the first round. They had DeMar DeRozan and LaMarcus Aldridge. Yes. <clears throat> LaMarcus Aldridge, I believe, was still averaging 18 and 9 at that point. DeMar that was DeRozan. the mid-range guys. Yeah, exactly. And then you look at the, the very next year, you know, only having DeRozan. They, I, I believe they barely made the playoffs. They were in the play-in, in the bubble. In the bubble? They were there? I, I, I believe really they were in the play-in in the bubble. the bubble. They were somewhere. They went to the bubble. I know that. They definitely went. They, oh, they didn't make the playoffs in, in 2020. Or no, Portland was the AFC. They couldn't have made the playoffs. They lost. They lost. Okay. They lost. When those uh, last three, four games, they lost. Yeah. But they got invited to the bubble. Okay, yeah. So they didn't make. They haven't made the playoffs the last two years. Yeah, Spurs were 11th seed. Yep, there it is. They haven't made the playoffs the last two years, and you're losing to Rosen. And their entire team is predicated on mid-range guys. Yep. Keldon Johnson is not an outside shooter. Oh, Lonnie yeah. Walker is one of their better ones. 
Then you look at DeJounte Murray. He's never been known to be that. Their team is still modeled around this mid-range game. That's why I I don't think they've caught up. And defensively, Keldon Johnson, Lonnie Walker are not good defenders. Jacoperto is an uh, is an underrated DeJounte defender. Murray's he's good he's defender. one of the he's one of the best centers defensively in the NBA. Jacoperto, Johnson Murray, we know, but I'm just saying with with this talent, I, I mentioned this before. If Keldon Johnson doesn't take that like MIP leap, Doug McDermott could average the most points on this team. Or at least, or second, second. You're right. Dejounte's first, but Doug McDermott, with the role he's going to have on San Antonio, can can average like 16. Okay. I'm just saying. I think the worst team in the NBA for me, it's between the Spurs and the Spurs, OKC, and Orlando Magic. don't disagree too much. I don't know. Orlando's just like... I feel like the Spurs, though, like... Uh, Orlando, a lot of it is I'm just banking on if they can stay healthy, you know? like that's, Orlando, you're saying? Yeah. Uh, that that's, talent, that's the tricky... They have off, talent. Not really, though. They do. Not really. They do. Who's talent other than Isaac? Fultz, if he could stay healthy, that's a big if. Suggs. Jalen Suggs, of course. Suggs is good. But that's a huge... Cole that's Anthony's a okay. I'm not a huge fan of Cole Anthony. Just because you're not a huge fan doesn't mean he's not good. He wasn't that good as really. Not really. He's all right. He's just inefficient. He's all right. To say he's good. all right. He's all right. Yeah. Okay. Okiki's all right. I agree. I like Okiki's, Okiki's right. game. Wendell Carter is. I have nothing to say about him. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing to say. He's all right though. I mean, when he plays, he puts up near a double double. Oh my god! Don't even tell me about that weak ass double double. Yeah. Sorry, bro. Sorry. On to the next topic: the, the Toronto Raptors. Listen, and this 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 is a quick message to our Raptors fans that watch this show. Yep, we read the comments. Trust me <laughs> about how you you uh, some of you guys comment that you guys wish we would do more Raptors comment. We did a content. Lot. We are reading the comments. We are trying to, but if the Raptors aren't in the news, there really isn't much to talk about outside of a topic like this that we're about to do right now. Well, trust us, we dig deep. Like we try. Yeah, like, we, we do. Really go try to look for stuff because you guys show us a lot of love, so we try to reciprocate it back. Who do you think is going to be the breakout player for the Toronto Raptors this <coughs> season? 2019, when they went on that run with Kawhi, the breakout player was Pascal Siakam. And when Kawhi left, I think Pascal even took another step into improving his game. Now this year, who do you think is going to be that second option now that Kyle Lowry is gone, not named Fred Van Vliet? Mm, well, I mean, you could have. I, had Fred, I feel like Fred Van Vliet has reached the ceiling, in my opinion. I think he's going to be this type of guy. You know, let's be let's just be realistic. He's a good player, though. Nobody's saying he's not, but it's easy. OG has to be OG. It like it need like you can say anybody else, but it needs to be OG. He has the skill set. He plays that position. He needs to be that complement piece to Siakam. He has to be that guy. Offensively, he has to improve. The, I feel like the defense is already there. He's a really great defender. He can switch one through four. He can guard all four positions. So that's incredible. He has the wingspan. He has the length. He has the strength. He's he didn't played and watched Kawhi work. He didn't played and watch Siakam. He didn't learned. He I think yeah, he played under Rosen. He didn't yeah he played with he didn't play but he was behind DeMar, DeMar DeRozan too. I think he sat out that year. No, but, he never sat out a year. No, because uh, he came out of um, Indiana with an injury. You're right, but 2017, 2018 was his rookie season. Demar was there. Okay, thank yeah. you. So yeah, he he didn't see Demar work. He didn't see Kawhi work. He didn't see Pascal work. He has to be the next guy to step it up, and he has the tools. He plays that position, so he needs to be that next guy to get, come into that most improved for them to be competitive. Because like we've been saying, 
free agents aren't going to go to Toronto. As much as a great city as it is, and it's beautiful, they have Drake, you know, you know him, the weirdo, they have that guy. I just feel like <laughs> free agents don't want to live in Toronto. So I think they have to do this way through the draft and improvement in home. And Fred Van Vliet has improved. Pascal has improved. It has to be OG next. So I, I do think it has to be OG, but I'm going to throw another name that I think is going to break out too. Oh my God. Gary Trent Jr. He broke out basically last season already up in his point total by almost double. Went from 8.9 to 15.3 as, a, as an average between his two squads in Portland and Toronto, but averaged 16 in Toronto in his stint with them. Of course, he had more opportunity because Toronto was a losing team at that time, but regardless of that fact... He's a baller. His averages pretty solid. He averaged around almost forty percent from three when he was on the on the Blazers. Averaged about thirty six from three when he was on on Toronto. And I think the part of his game that he needs to improve the most, obviously, is defense. I feel as if offensively, he's already taken a stride, a huge stride in the right in the right direction. And now you lose Kyle Lowry, there's going to be more opportunity for the ball to be in someone else's hands. I do believe OG Ananobi is going to be the number two option on this team. Could even potentially be the number one option on this team. I mean, who has more ability than him to do so on this squad? Federico, of course, can has done it before already. But Mm. in terms of who we're projecting to take the biggest leap, OG is probably their best defender, is one of their best three-point shooters just needs to be more consistent with his scoring game, just needs to be more aggressive on that end, which I think he is capable of doing. He obviously has the talent. But to Gary Trent, I've already seen him take a stride that was tremendous. That we own that the one the one name that comes to my mind is Terry Rozier, where that that type of points jump. And of course Gary Trent needs to be better on defense, but offensively this is what they need. They need a guy who's going to be able to score in multiple facets. Gary Trent has shown the ability to do that. And defensively, this team's going to be more than fine. So they're not going to have to rely on him defensively, given the fact that, you know, they just drafted Scotty Barnes. Siakam's a solid defender. Uh, OG Ananobi's a very good defender also. Federico's not bad on defense, but, you know, he, he's a serviceable defender. Of course, you lose Lowry. He's a really good defender. Yeah, you think he's a really he's just, good... He's just small, but he's a really that's, good defender. That's, what, that's the only he thing. He locked up Curry in the finals. I'm not going to acknowledge that, yeah, but he's a really good defender. That's strong. He did. He uh, did. Lock up is such a strong word. If you're a Raptors fan, comment down below. Did Frederick Curry? Did Fred, Fred Curry Van Vliet, 30. Yeah, he averaged 30. Did Fred no, Van Vliet lock up game? Curry? He just game missed before, the game winner. 40. No. Game six, how many points did he drop? Like 28. Okay, that's still amazing. He wouldn't do that to Harden, but he definitely did it to Steph. I told you. <laughs> Here it is. <laughs> Harden, Harden comes in at least once yep, an episode. There it is. We're not talking about him. But just to, just to you know digress on what I'm saying here. I just think Gary Trent has the best chance to have more opportunity given to him. And that's why I think he'll be the breakout player. Gary Trent is a good one. And and talking about Gary Trent, I'm not sure who he's going to be. You know, is he going to be a CJ McCollum type of player? I <laughs> don't know. I, I don't think he will be mm-hmm. because I don't think he has the shot creation or ball handling ability that CJ McCollum has. But Gary Trent Jr. reminds me of, of a young J.R. Smith and erratic shot taking. He's he's gonna he's gonna make his shots, but he's not very efficient, and, and that's what that's why Portland I think traded him because his shot taking can his shot selection can be kind of questionable at times. But I think that's a great pick because Gary Trent Jr. with an increased role, and also when he got to Toronto he wasn't very efficient. Like he shot thirty nine percent from the field and thirty five percent from three. If he can up his efficiency, he could get to maybe nineteen. percent 
to 20 a game. OG is another good pick because I think OG and Anobi, all the tools are there for him. You know, he has that robotic play style similar to Kawhi. He uses his post-up game a lot. He uses his body to gain advantage. He's a, he's already an elite defender, in my opinion. He he is an elite defender. He's already a two-way player, probably one of the best 3 and D players in the league. But he does need to work on his shot creation and his playmaking ability. Last year, he played 229 minutes without Lowry and Pascal Siakam on the floor. He averaged 19.4 points per game in those minutes, even though he did play those with Malachi or and Fred but he averaged 1.6 assists per in, in those minutes. OG Ananobi, he does need to improve his playmaking tremendously this upcoming season. And with Kyle Lowry gone, is that going to be him or are they going to give that low to Scotty, Scotty Barnes? Because yeah. I think Scotty Barnes is the more natural playmaker. And who knows if Goran Dragic plays for them or not. We're not sure about that either. I do think OG's a likely candidate to jump up from what he's averaging now, which is 16 to maybe 20, 21 points per game. But I'm going to go with another another name. I'm going to go with a guy they they got in a trade, Precious Achiuwa. Mm. I think in his rookie yeah. season, Precious didn't play much in Miami. But now going to Toronto and seeing the depth that Toronto has, they don't have much front court depth. They do have Ken Birch and Chris Boucher, but they don't have a backup three right now. It can be Scotty or it can be Precious. Or I think their backup three will be Scotty or probably Scotty does start. I'm not sure. And at power forward, it is Precious. I think Precious can average about like 10.7 rebounds and have a Kenneth Faree type of role. I know that's not breaking out into like superstardom or a star, but I think Precious can be a key piece to what the Raptors want to do culturally. And he's a guy that I can see being this generation's Kenneth Fareed. Mm. Because Kenneth Fareed in 2010, if you watch basketball back then, he was a huge piece to what Denver did for after sure. Melo left. He was igniting that team, and I think Precious can do that for this team right here. No, I think he's definitely huge for their you know playoff hopes, and he's huge for their future because he's still a young player. You know, He just played with Nigeria in the summer, so he played pretty well for himself. You know, That's more experience tacked on to now playing with guys like Siak. I don't know if he's a three, though. I think he played a four or five in Miami. I don't think he's a three either. I think he's a four or five. He's, yeah, they have him listed as a power forward. Yeah, he played that in Miami. He's very weird. That's very weird guy. He's, he's, he's a big, strong, physical player, though. When you look at the Raptors' depth chart right now, it shows Fred, Gary Trent, OG, Pascal, and Ken Birch. Mm. Their backups are Goran Dragic, Malachi Flynn, Scotty Barnes is listed as a three and four as the backup, and Chris Boucher is the five. So I think Precious can fit in that four spot. And you know, if if Goran Dragic gets traded, I think minutes will be passed down. Be, yeah, be passed down. There will be more minutes to allocate to other players. Yeah, Goran Dragic, if he stays in Toronto, he will make them very competitive. Should this I, can be one of the best benches in the league? I think I know the answer to this. Do you think Siakam could play the five at all? I do it think depends he can. who they're playing. So then, would that mean that OG would move to the four, or would you be more comfortable putting Scotty at the four? Scotty at the four. Scotty is more. He he plays better down low. How long do you think it'll be until Scotty takes the starting lineup? I think he might do it this year. How many games into the season? I think he'll only do it this year if Pascal gets traded in the middle of the year. Really? Yeah. So you don't think he'll start at all? I don't. I think they're going to use this year to develop him. 
I'll see like 10, 5, 5 for him. Not even like 10, 5, 3 for him. Okay. For the year. I was going to say 10, 5, 5 wouldn't be bad at all. Because I, I still do think, I think defensively he's there. Mm-hmm. But offensively, there he still needs to work some things out. For sure. I just think right now, you know, you don't want to start Scotty at the three. You're not going to start him over OG. No. You're not starting him over Pascal. And even Ken Birch at the five, you know, he's a natural five. Mm-hmm. You're not going to start Scotty at the five and, and just completely go small the entire season. You maybe do it for a couple games, but not for the entire year. Because of that, I think he'll just come off the bench, kind of like how Jalen Brown did his rookie season. Okay. I like that lineup. No, for sure. With Scotty at the four, Siakam at the five, OD. It just depends on who they play. Yeah. You know, if you play the Bucks, I don't want Siakam at the five. I was going to say, because then they're very small. Yeah, or, you know, I don't, I, it, it really just, like, Philly, I don't want Siakam at the five. So it really no. just depends on who they play type. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they could run a, not, you know, not identical, but, you know, like the Clippers run three, four wings and then just one guard. I, Toronto has that type of death where they can do that. They just, Scotty, like you said, has to get his shooting up. OG has to get his shot creation up. Pascal has to keep improving his jump shot. And then they could run four wings, one guard, and just small ball, small ball. Small ball really is effective. So yeah. I could see it happen. Anthony Edwards is going into his second year in the NBA. Wow. And there was a quote from him. He told his head coach, Chris Finch, this. And Chris Finch said this to the media. He told me, don't let me get to 6'6", six, six, or I'll be Michael Jordan. And Anthony Edwards, he's six five. Anthony Edwards has grown to six six. He is now six six. He 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 came into the league at six four. He grew two inches during the season, so he is now six six. What are your expectations for Anthony Edwards this upcoming season? Do you see him breaking out into a star player or staying kind of where he is? Well, Michael Jordan has actually jumped on. He said, "You're bigger than me. You're stronger than me. You're more athletic than me." He can see that. So when you get Ooh. that high praise from the GOAT, the, the real GOAT, you know what oh I'm saying? God. That's something, you know, different. But um, I think Anthony Edwards, you know, for this year, I feel like he can jump into that CJ McCollum tier. I, I really I really believe it. I really think he has the tools. He has the physical attributes. He has the ability. And he's going to get the opportunities. You know, I feel like last year with the team, Cat was in and out the lineup. D-Lo was in and out the lineup. I feel like now, and it would be much better if Beasley was traded and they got Ben Simmons because that would free up more opportunities for Edwards to just go get a bucket. But I think even, you know, keeping Beasley, I still think Edwards can definitely jump into that CJ McCollum tier. I feel like Edwards is a better defender already. He's stronger. He's more athletic. He just doesn't have the creation like CJ, but definitely the offensive tools are there. But that leap definitely has to be there because with guys like Cat who D-Lo who aren't always healthy, you need a guy who can consistently do it. Edwards just has to up his efficiency, it's his three-point shooting, yep. and I think it'll be there. But I expect him to walk into that leap. I and This is tricky for me because if he were more of a playmaker, then I would definitely be more prone to say he could be a superstar or a potential superstar in this league. The fact that he only averaged basically three assists last season, his efficiency was not there at all. Shot 77% from free throw, which isn't terrible, but you'd like that to be higher for a guy who's pretty offensive-minded. Shot 33% from three, and from the field, shot 42%. I get it as a rookie, you know, you're not asking the world of a guy to to, to be as efficient as possible, but you'd like to have those numbers at, at least 5% higher in both, in both respects. 5% higher for three wouldn't be asking too much. You're only asking him to shoot, what, 37%, which as a ball scorer... That's more than reasonable to ask for. My thing is, 
where I have issues there is the playmaking ability. Only three assists, given the fact that you have Carl Anthony Towns. I, for sure, he didn't play a good portion of the of the season, but you still have a, a scorer on your team who's definitely better than than Anthony Edwards scoring wise. So, getting him the ball and getting a bucket there wouldn't be that big of an issue. D'Angelo Russell, another player who's more than capable of getting his own bucket and and being just as good of a scorer as Anthony Edwards, if not better than he is. I'd like to see him facilitate the basketball more. Three assists with that roster is a little bit low for me. And athletically, of course, he, he's up there with, name it, any player in the league. That being said, I just think that right now his efficiency totals don't allow me to to have him go into that next tier. Mm. Yeah, I disagree with your assessment. I, I, don't, <laughs> I, I don't disagree with it completely, but mm-hmm. you, know, you, you mentioned it yourself, Drew. You said... Anthony Edwards wasn't playing with Carl Anthony Towns the majority of the season. Then you said that you're you're disappointed in his assist totals. Mm-hmm. But the roster he was playing with was was garbage. I mean, Edwards played all 72 games. Cat played 50. Malik Beasley played 37. D'Lo played 42. Most of the time, Edwards was out there with Nas Reed and Ricky Rubio and Jaden McDaniels and Josh Akogi and Jared Vanderbilt, Jake Lehman. Like these aren't guys that you're looking at and saying, okay, I trust these are talented guys. Even Jordan McLaughlin, they're not talented guys because of that. I don't, I don't knock Anthony Edwards too much for his assist totals. Anthony Edwards, I think is going to take a leap this year. He's definitely going to average 20 points per game. I think he's going to maybe even average like, 23 in my opinion because he's already been showing those flashes to me part of the reason why when you look at his numbers and they don't look very efficient it's because at first they weren't when he first got into the league the first half of the year he was averaging 15 points per game shot 37 percent from the field and 30 percent from three but then post all-star break he averaged 24 five rebounds three assists 45% 45% from the field and 35% from three. That's kind of where in line I, I think his numbers can be because you look at the efficiency, 45% from the field is not something that's unattainable. It's something that if he is consistent is attainable. 35% from three is basically league average is right under league average. So I think he can maintain those numbers. It's not like Jamal Murray in the playoffs where he's shooting 50% from the field and 50% from three. For sure. And from the regular season to the playoffs, he's a completely different player. Anthony Edwards can strive towards this. And post-All-Star break, they were 16 and 20. Getting Pat Bev in the building, who I think is going to help out not only the culture, but individually, I think Anthony Edwards, being so young, can soak up that defensive knowledge and now be one of the better two-way players in the league. You got D'Lo, you got Cat. And Jared Vanderbilt is a very good defender. I'm not sure what they're going to do at that four spot, mm. but there are options. I think Edwards can have a breakout season. I don't think he'll be an all-star because I think in the West, there's just too many guys in the West that can be all-stars. Unless the Timberwolves are like a are three seed. Not even a three seed, but I'll say like between six to eight seed, and he's having a better season than PG. But yeah, I feel like you never know if that can happen. If they're six or eight, in my opinion, I, at least I think that Carl Anthony Towns will probably get the nod over him just because he's the veteran. Why PG? Because when I think of shooting <laughs> guards in the league, I think of D Book. I think of Donovan well, he's Mitchell. A, PG's a three. 
He's a two. No, oh, he logs he logs in three now. minutes at the three. He's okay. A three now. Yeah, you so, see, why you had to just say him though? Like Oh wait, Anthony Edwards is a three two, because D Lo's gonna be the two. And Pat Bev is the one. Ooh. They do have him locked in as a forward. Small forward. Oh, okay. So Anthony Edwards could be over PG depending on the season he has. Whatever. I, I've I've said before, I think the Clippers they, they could well, Kawhi's the not gonna play, so not yeah, so uh, it really depends on how PG does. What, what the hell? What, what? What? Yo, bro, like what's up with you? What yeah. do you mean? What's Kawhi's yeah, not gonna, gonna be play. the only guy. So it's like low key, he could average thirty. PG is gonna take probably can take Kawhi's spot. Wait, so if PG, I know he's gonna have an increased role, but let's say he has that increased role and they're not in the playoff. Well, All Stars is popularity contest, so he's gonna get in. He is. Anthony Edwards is insanely popular. He's That's not true. PG popular yet, though. I don't know about not that. yet. PG is a bad type of popular right now. I agree with PG that. PG was a top 15 jersey seller last year. That's something to take note of. Did you of. buy all of those? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't buy jerseys, bro. You know that. Straight face killer right there. That was lit. Hate can be hate. Yeah, you know it is. I, do I, was just hate I do get it. I do get it. But, but just, I want to say something to, to where your point was. 50 games to play with Carl Anthony Towns. I get it. You know, he missed 22 games. But nevertheless, that's still fifth. That's more than half the season. That's you said most. Cat so played fifty. But Rubio is a point guard total. on that team. He he is the point guard, and well, I get it. But if guard. he wants to take that next level, I feel like his his game can't solely be scoring. Given the fact that he plays with Carl Anthony Towns, he plays with Daniel. If he Russell. wants to be in the upper echelon of two guards, you know the legends and all that, he has to develop that playmaking. That's that's what I said. I don't think three assists is far off from five. And five it's, assists it's, it's is the is, way you get him though. You watch, you watch the game. You, let's be, let's okay. Five let's, assists, but I want to give him his credit too. I want to give him his credit too. Forward, yeah, but we, we watched forward. Anthony Edwards play down the stretch. Post All Star break, he was a different animal. I was going to say Agreed. the last games in in the month of May, assist totals only four, six, five, two, five, three, seven, six. So he has the ability to to, like, to assist the basketball, but. I need to see it more on a consistent basis before I can give him the superstar title. He got to get the all-star I'm not saying first. a superstar. I'm yeah. just saying like a star sending to that I feel like he could category. be on CJ McCollum's level. But I think I he's like better that's, than CJ. Yeah. Oh, I didn't better. say that. <laughs> I think he is. He could be better, and I'm not, I'm not out Post-all-star yeah. break, Edwards. Not, let's not Post disrespect Post-all-star like Edwards that. is better than CJ. You're, you're, Why are we disrespecting CJ, though? They do the same thing. CJ's better at it. Well, he's been in the league for how long? One thing, Anthony Edwards is more athletic. I could do CJ's that. a better scorer than Anthony Edwards. But he I is. think Anthony Edwards is definitely going to be a better all-around player. We know he's going to be. He's not a regular guy. He's going to be. But it's about right now. right now is bold. So let's just talk about forwards right now, right? Let's talk about forwards. Okay. You got PG, then who else? Just the West. Yeah, who else do you have forwards? AD's a forward. LeBron. LeBron's a forward. Um, trying to think of teams. Uh, nobody on the Warriors. Nobody. Andrew on. Wiggins. Anyways, um, LA Phoenix don't have a forward really. Zion. Zion. Brandon Ingram. I thought Brandon Ingram was a two. Is he a three? He's a three. Michael Porter Jr. That's another one. Bogdanovich, Brandon Ingram. Yeah, he got to get those guys first. I mean, I think he's already there with uh, Brandon Ingram with Bogdanovich. Honestly, he's better than him. What the hell? Really? Why do you think he's not? Nah, he's probably better than Bogdanovich. And that's no disrespect to Bogey. Boyan? Better defender, better shooter. Wait, what do you mean? Boyan is a better defender? Yeah, I think so. No, he's not. I think he's a better defender. I don't think defender. he's not. No, he's not. I think he's so. He's not a better defender. I don't, I don't. He's part of the reason why Utah's defense collapsed. You sure? 
Because he was playing incredible defense on Kawhi. That one game, yeah, he was. That I know what you're talking about. No, it was throughout the series. I know what you're talking about, but that one game he played awesome defense. It was throughout the series. Look, Anthony Edwards is better than Bogdanovich. I'm going to just say that. I don't, I don't even care about the numbers the rookie year or his rookie year versus Bogdanovich now. All I know is that. No, I'm just saying, okay. Like I think Edwards is better. You're going to you're gonna throw up everything and just say you think he's better. That's fair. Okay. Just, I, I'm just saying Anthony Edwards, I, I really do think he has star written all over him. That's why I wanted the Knicks to draft him. His high-flying ability. What? When did you do this? All right. According to ESPN, uh, Hollinger NBA player statistics. That's just PER. 30th was Bogdanovich at 14. Anthony Edwards was 13.95. So it's pretty close. So. Wait, wait. So who was so, so confused? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Bogey was higher at 30. Okay. Anthony Edwards was oh, 32. Okay. Said, okay, okay. But PER rating is 14.03. Anthony Edwards was 13.95. I mean, I get it. That that's So a, wait, are you saying 30th ranked and Correct. Edwards and Anthony was 32. was 32. Honestly, I'm I'm not taking too much into account to PER? with that. No, I'm not. The no, reason, you're not. The reason why One I like guy. I like PER sometimes, but the reason why is because PER is a stat that is in love with efficiency, and I know that Edwards' efficiency wasn't great last year because well, two of them played two different roles. So because of the first, in the first half of the season, he wasn't he wasn't good. I'm just gonna be honest there, and PER also doesn't have RJ Barrett ranked that high. That's why it's efficiency. Is it's a very- RJ is a shooting guard or a small forward. He's a shooting guard. I thought he was a three. No, he's a shooting guard. All right, let's see. He's going to play the three this year, but he is a shooting guard. All right. Bullock was your two last year. He was our three. Really? Yep. RJ's bigger than him. Randy Bullock was playing the three. Reggie, excuse me. Wow. That's stupid. Reggie Bullock's 6'7". No, the hell he is not. Yeah, he is, bro. No, he... No way. Yeah, RJ Barrett was 35th. He's 6... No. He's 6'7", bro. I I can look at it right now. You look up... um, Reggie. No way he's... Taller than RJ. RJ six nine. He grew to six nine. You know that, right? He's no RJ six eight or six nine. Right Bullock now, Bullock is six seven. I know he's really? six seven. Yeah, he looks small as hell. He's on my team, bro. Of course, I know that. RJ ain't and RJ no is six six. He was on my RJ team. RJ grew to no six nine. RJ grew to six eight. Over the summer, they talked about he grew. He grew. They have him at six seven. I saw six 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 seven now. I don't Probably know. Six, they say he grew. I know his his trainer said that he's like six eight six nine right now. Maybe he capped. Nah, he definitely didn't six, cap. He's probably six eight. Probably firm, you better six, be eight. careful now. RJ six what, eight. What he's a two, different animal. What did, <laughs> you all that disrespect? What this two inches gonna do for him? All that disrespect. Know. Can't dribble know. still. He's like it's that doesn't he help. Definitely you. dribble. That doesn't help nah, your dribbling. If he bro. gets taller and he can't dribble, what's the good? What good is the height? You getting taller? What does that do for us? RJ yeah. Barrett is better than your franchise. Here we go. We're back at it again. No, he's not. He's better than the franchise. No, Zach Levine poops on him. Zach Levine can't hold a candle to RJ. Zach wouldn't even go talk to Is RJ to him. Barrett even better than DeMar DeRozan? Uh, well, has DeMar be- made the playoffs in the last two years? No. Has RJ? Yes. RJ went to bed. <laughs> so, RJ was horrible. Yeah. RJ was horrible. Your logic killed It looked me. like he didn't make the playoffs. Yeah. Bro. He was oh that bad, bro. I mean, oh, how, no. did it, how did it not look like he made the playoffs when you clearly saw him in the playoffs? He was just doing a lot of running up and down. Just I mean, that's, missing, it's, one thing, it's one thing to say he didn't play well, but you just said... It looked like he wasn't there. You obviously yeah, I mean, that's, knew that's, he was that's there. The, that's, that's the, the, yeah, that's the that's joke. I mean, he had 21 points in, in a I game. I know one game. You guys forget about that. You know, <laughs> I don't care. You guys forget about every single RJ good moment. You're the one who brought up RJ. <laughs> now, I told you that he grew because you told me Reggie Bullock was, was shorter. Short. Yeah. Because yeah, he, he looks, he looks shorter. No, I didn't bring we, him up for no reason. He did initially bring him up because we were talking about PER. Yeah, he looked shorter. 
I thought Reggie was like six. I think PR is a flaw stat because it takes efficiency into. So what's a good like stat for you? Um, honestly, everything is context, man. Okay, everything is context. Got it, got it, got it. Just it's context sure. to we'll what I watch. I, uh, whatever, this, however, yeah. it can best help yes, Joel's exactly. argument. If, it's, then if, it if it fits my agenda, it's it's a true stat. Makes sense. Wow. No, and if it's yours, big agenda guy. Huh? I'm glad you big mentioned agenda that. Guy. And I, my RJ Barrett agenda is very high. You guys, you're going to, well, not Drew, because he you. hasn't been Thank saying anything. You. But you. you are going to have to eat your words. I said it will be a star. You never you said think that? I said it will be an all-star. I did. I just never said it will be a superstar. I don't believe he that. He never said it would be an all-star. I've never heard that come out of his mouth. Okay, this is what I want y'all to do. He's doubling down right now. I'm not double. He still can't dribble. I will never double down. He can't dribble. I will never double down. that. His dribbling Have you seen him in the in the Puma Sweat session? I've seen Kevin. Yo, bro, this is, you know what kills me about people on Twitter? They look at these runs, right, as if they're ben not Simmons NBA players. Yeah, and like, exactly. We saw Michael Beasley yeah. do damage in these runs, yep. and they really believe, yeah, yep. he got better off this run. Kevin Knox was killing in that run, yep. bro. We don't care about ben those Simmons runs. Shooting threes these in, are in NBA players, too. bro. Not in that run. That run no. was Zach Levine. Who else was there? I'm There's just, a lot of great players there in that oh. run. NBA Jason players are going to kill in any run. They are NBA players, bro. Well, they were facing against each other. Yeah, and you, you know the and one you talk about with Zach. You know the one Zach. They, you know who was the highlights of those days? The ones with Zach and Bradley Bill and Jason Tatum. Those three were the highlights, which makes sense. Those three were the highlighted. Guys. Well, of course, deservedly no, no. so. But you just said RJ Zach can't hold the candle to RJ. That's what you just said. But those they don't don't hit me with this now. He can't. <laughs> and, and when 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 the season comes <laughs> around. When the season comes around and R.J. Uh-huh. Barrett is yeah. an all-star, and then it, yeah. when we're in the playoffs and he plays uh-huh. well again, yep, yep, yep. you're going to see well again different. in the playoffs. You mean well for the first well, time? He's going to that game. I think it was game three. He had 21. He's going to have that performance every game in the Gangsta. playoffs next year. Yeah, I, I just win. know it, man. I, I just know. I really need. There's wanna. some things that you just know. Some <laughs> things that you don't. But that's one that I know. And that's I, I believe in R.J. Barrett. I know. You know. You're you definitely doubled down on. on your perspective on RJ because you said you think he'll be an all-star. I've never heard that from you personally. You can go back on I think, next I think you saw those Puma sweat runs and you got scared that RJ is fulfilling <laughs> his potential. You got kind of scared and you got So you mean to tell me I have Zach and I'm scared of RJ? <laughs> you got scared of that and you said I got to go on the podcast next episode and say RJ is an all-star because I don't want this to go back in my face, you know, because you've said Cam Reddish was better. Two years ago. You said. When he came out of the draft. I th- yo, he keeps bringing that up. Like, I have not said that. Nothing. Nothing. I'm going to tell you this right now. If you saw that draft and you scouted those players, nothing in that watch draft could have told you this. Cam Reddish every, was better than every, every important scout, important scout said that Cam had top two, top three potential in the draft. Mm-hmm. It wasn't RJ. Every important scout, mm-hmm. every important scout. They said Cam had the tools and he was going to have a higher, he has a higher upside than RJ Barrett. So it wasn't wrong to well, say it. I do my it. own scouting, man. I rely on these guys. Well, I do my own. I mean, you didn't even and watch that, college at the time. And that's why I was right about <laughs> RJ because I do my own scouting. And I, I could see it. Uh-huh. And I, I said it at the time. Cam Reddish is not impressive. This guy is an inefficient, inefficient you guy. Also, you also did say that uh, Cam Reddish meant more to the Hawks than John Collins. Potential-wise. <laughs> That's, I'm just saying, you did say that. You also just said efficiency doesn't matter yet. RJ efficiency was through garbage <laughs> in that playoff series. No, you just said that. You just said that. You just said that. You just said what that. Was it garbage in his second year, the entire year? Uh, regular season. You I mean, pay him for the playoffs. 35th. He finished 35th overall. Among shooting guards, PER, 35th. I know. But That's efficiency. You just, I know. But you said efficiency takes more into account than field goal percentage and three-point percentage. 
It also takes into account. PER does everything. It takes into account turnovers over assists and stuff like that. Oh, he's a turnover guy. (laughs) He was forced to be in a role that he's not that great in. Oh, interesting. Get better. You know, he's not a great pick and roll ball handler. He's not a great ball handler. He was our primary guy in that role. What does he strive at then? Well, Kawhi Kawhi isn't a great playmaker either. Kawhi is Kawhi Leonard. Whoa, RJ Barrett's RJ Barrett. Exactly. He's levels. What are you talking about? What's wrong with this guy? I'm just saying. Sorry, you can't look at me like that. You were like he tried to say something. Kawhi <laughs> <laughs> Don't ever bring up his name, bro. Kawhi is better than your franchise, and that is a fact. That's Ooh, a that's a firm that, fact. That's oh, a tough that's a, question. That's a fact. Is he better than Prime Melo? <laughs> no, is he better than Patrick Ewing? That's yes. the question. Yeah, that's the better. That was a well, dumb I question. I want to see if he was. That was a dumb question. Melo? That's a better question. What, that's a dumb question. Who's a better score? It's easy. Okay. Who's better at everything else? That's debatable. Rebounding? Prime Melo, Prime Melo was Rebounding? what? Rebounding? You probably could lean Melo. Defense, it's it's nine. Screw that. Who's a better playoff performer? All right. Uh, yeah. Thank you. All right. Sorry, on to the next question on the topic yep. list because Riv wanted a sidetrack to tell the audience how what? much he loved RJ Barrett. We're gonna talk about <laughs> Damian Lillard, Steph Curry, and Kyrie Irving because recently on Twitter this has been trending. People have been talking about this, and it's one of those trivia games: a start, bench, or cut, and it's between Curry, Dame, and Kyrie. So, who are you starting? Who are you benching? And who are your cut? Who are you cutting? I'll just say this: I think I can speak for all of us when I say that Stephen Curry is undoubtedly the starter if we're playing this game. So let's just go on to who are we benching and who are we cutting between Dame and Kyrie. I'll start with you, Riff. Well, I don't know. Are you, are you starting, Steph? I mean, you're Kyrie. Uh, you know, you a LeBron lover, so you and Kyrie have this listen, weird infatuation with each other. I will say one thing. I figured you were going to say something. Kyrie is not getting cut. <laughs> okay, well, <clears throat> like you said, Steph is undoubtedly starting the game no matter what. I think Dame and Kyrie are very, very alike in the sense where, you know, both guys are elite scorers at their position. You know, Kyrie, I would lean towards a better defender. I think Kyrie's a solid defender. He definitely tries. Dame, I think I would lean better. as He's a better playmaker. So it really comes down to, you know, your team. You need one guy to lead your team to the playoffs. Who are you going to take? And I think what we've seen over the, the last six, seven years, it's Dame every year, 365 days. No matter what Ooh. roster you put behind him, whether it be that bubble roster who was out the playoffs, he got him in, whether it be a really good roster finally when he got to the WCF for the first time in his career, he's going to get them to the playoffs. Now, we can speak on playoff performances. I think Kyrie has shown a little bit playing with LeBron. He has shown that he can be that number two guy, but he's never really – you know, we've seen him in the number one spot at Boston. He kind of wet the bed against Milwaukee. He didn't play well. So we've seen it in one situation. And even in with Brooklyn, he didn't play many games. But that year without KD, they weren't very good with just Kyrie as a starter. But with Dame, you know, we've seen playoff series where he's hit game winners. We've seen playoff series where he's completely put on the show and dominated. We've even seen just recently this series against Denver. You know, he put on the show. Granted, he didn't win, but he was out there doing everything he could do. So I think... I'm going to bench Dame, and I'd cut Kyrie for sure. So just say it over. Who are you starting? Who are you benching? Who are you cutting? I'm going to start Steph. I'm going to bench Dame Lillard, and I got to cut Kyrie. All right. I'm obviously going to start Steph Curry. He's the best Good point job. guard in the league. Good job. Second best point guard of all time. He's a freak of nature. What do you shoot? 44% from three last season. Something ridiculous. 42. 40, 42. Okay. Yeah, I know my guy. Yep. Yeah, that was scary. 
if you would have said like point whatever it was, then I really would have been scared. But it is a debate between Kyrie Irving and Damian Lillard. Now, what it comes down to for me is play style. Who I think looks better with the basketball in their hand. Who I think is more skilled. Well, Kyrie's definitely, I think, a little bit more handsome. He, he okay. is a good-looking individual. <laughs> that being said, regardless of that fact or fiction, I believe Kyrie Irving is box office. I believe his ball handle is... You believe Kyrie's more skilled because he takes tough shots and make turnaround jump shots? Wait, that, hold up. You think Dame is more skilled than Kyrie? No, but I just want to ask, why does he think Kyrie's more skilled? Because I feel like he's going to do that. He can make tougher shots. He can be a better shot creator when it comes to driving to the basket. He's a better ball handler. He definitely yeah, is He's the best ball handler, handler out of the three. Shooting wise, it's it's not night and day between Damian and and no, Kyrie's Kyrie a better Irving. shooter than Dame. That's tough. Better. That's tough. Ah, See, I, Dame, better, is, Dame is a better three point shooter. No, 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 no. Dame is a better long distance like logo nah, three, point three point shooter. No, he's bro. not. He's not better three point shooter than Kyrie. No, he's, he's a not. better three point. Shooter. No, he's not. Why is he not? Because Kyrie's more efficient. Kyrie doesn't take the type of threes Dame Kyrie's takes. More, what do you mean? He, he doesn't. He doesn't. Kyrie doesn't, Kyrie doesn't no, take side step yeah. step back yeah, threes. Bro. I'm talking about the logo. He takes the reason why his efficiency. That's why is, I just said Dame is a better logo three point shooter. If Dame didn't take the distance he would take, his efficiency would probably be higher than Kyrie. No, I disagree with that because obviously Curry's in a different world, but still he's shooting from the logo and he's shooting 42%. I agree, but Damian Lillard, they'd say that he's the second best shooter because one, he has the second most threes made, but when it comes down to it, Kyrie Irving can hit shots too. Maybe he's not extending from the logo because he doesn't have to because his team doesn't necessarily need him to do that. Well, Dame's team doesn't necessarily need him to extend uh, from the logo. Debatable. No, no, no. Nobody <laughs> needs their players to shoot logo no, Steph does. That's the, I am, Steph does. I'm just saying. The Blazers do. No, not even. He, he shoots them because it's Steph great double teamed at half court. Come on, man. No, it's a, no, that's, that's, that's a that's serious thing. Sometimes he does. So, so sometimes he, he needs to extend from the logo. Act, don't act like he got the Harden treatment. He, no, he never got that. wait. Wait, wait. Oh, my goodness. Right. Harden in 2020 talking, got doubled at half Joel, court every single possession, starting from talking, game talking, one of the season. You're right. going to show me four pictures that represent four games of the year. Like, you just on. said he's never had the heart. I didn't say he had it for a whole no, no, season. No, I, no, no. That's what I meant, But that's though. why I said sometimes he has to extend from the logo because he gets double team in half. That's all I said. That's all I said. How can you, how can you shoot a shot when you're already getting swarmed? You pass it. The double team goes away as soon as you pass Most it, of his logo threes don't come from those possess those type of possessions, bro. No, but I'm just saying though. Sometimes he has to extend out there because they're pushing him out that far, so he has to shoot there. Or sometimes you know he loses the ball and he gets it and I then he just shoots what it. Saying. Like I'm not saying he gets saying. the Harden treatment all season though. You just jump to Harden because no, no, you're weird about that. No, no, no. But I never said he gets the Harden treatment, but he does you, get it sometimes. You acted like they needed him to shoot that shot because no, he gets this crazy. No, 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 no. I understand he gets defended. Tough, but no, no, no. You just got not, defensive. Teams are not forcing him to shoot logo threes, bro. No, sometimes they do though. They're if anything, they're trying to force him right. off the three point line. Regardless, Look. regardless to to my point initially, I believe that they need Dame to shoot the logo three more than they need Curry to shoot the, the, the logo three. They don't necessarily need him to shoot the logo three because one, he can make it already, and two, obviously, he can make it from wherever. Dame is put in a position where, one, his offense is already limited outside of, obviously, C.J. McCollum. But we've seen C.J. McCollum go ghost. Sometimes they do need Damian to take it a step back and shoot that three. Kyrie Irving has the luxury of, one, playing with Kevin Durant, and two, playing with James Harden, who's going to create space for them. I do believe Damian is asked much more 
in terms of shooting the logo than than Steph. But that's besides the point. Definitely is de- Steph is definitely asked to shoot. the Yeah, logo I think three. it is besides the point because I think this this logo yeah, three yeah, yeah, argument Agreed. is kind it of not, is it, kind it, of it makes no point. It's like not the point of what I'm necessarily trying to say. So you said that Damon is the, uh, Damon is the better playmaker. He is, but it's like by an assist. It, it's not too much where I'm gonna lean Dame over that because one, I'm already taking Kyrie because he's so more skilled. Basically, he can make tougher shots. So he's a better ta- scorer. Because that's really all it is. Let's let's just, between those two, that's what it is. It's I'm going Kyrie. Who's the better score? He have. Where you go? Dame has just more really points. But I'm that's going Kyrie because that's, let's be honest. They both they're good defenders, but you're not going to put them on nobody. They're both just probably the same playmaker. So it's just the scoring. Who is a better scorer? At one the thing I will position? say, obviously, this isn't truly indicative of like the true narrative of Kyrie Irving's defense. But he's a good defender. When Kyrie, he, is a, he good is a good defender. defender. Kyrie could play defense on Curry. Curry can't play defense on Kyrie. Nobody can play defense on Steph Curry. I don't well, you ever in say the, that. In the finals, Kyrie wasn't scared to play defense against. No, Kyrie. Curry. Yeah, you could say Kyrie Kevin isn't Love scared. Wasn't either. He, and you could say, and neither was Tristan Thompson. You could say Kyrie isn't scared to guard Other his matchup. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, Kyrie isn't scared to mm-hmm. match yep. up with okay, point guards. You this is that. this is what I'm going with. I'm starting Steph, of course. Of course. And who I bench is depending on situation. If I want a player to lead my team, I'm I'm going with Dame because I think he's more of a leader and he's more stable. I know he's not going to miss games. Kyrie has missed games due to personal reasons or injury. But if I'm taking a sidekick, I'm taking Kyrie Irving. And the main argument against Kyrie Irving is that he never led the Cavaliers to the playoffs before LeBron. But honestly, his best roster with the Cavs was Deion Waiters, Luol Deng, Spencer Hawes, and Tristan Thompson. Nobody's taking that team to the playoffs besides maybe LeBron. But Dame, when Dame got to Portland, he missed the playoffs with Aldridge and Wes Matthews and Batum as well. It's not like he was always in the playoffs. And I'll say this. Damian Lillard has hit big shots in the playoffs that that have won series. But Kyrie Irving hit the shot, the game winner, to beat the 73-9 and Warriors in the 2016 Finals, Game 7. Getting Kyrie out. Irving hit the shot. Dame has hit big shots, but Kyrie has hit Kyrie the shot. Kyrie going to milk that for, like, Ugh. ever. Like. It's one of and, the best moments yeah. ever. And also, so. and, and Kyrie Irving, when you look at his resume, even when Kyrie went to Boston and he was the guy in Boston, that first season, they were the number one seed. He didn't play in the playoffs, and Jason Tatum, as a rookie, led them to ECF. But Kyrie Irving led that team to the best record in the Eastern Conference. And when you look at Kyrie's career in the playoffs, the only bad moment you can point to is round two versus the Bucs in 2019. Outside of that, you can't point to any bad moment in Kyrie's playoff career that tells you that he doesn't show up when it counts the most. This is where I push back on that, though, because he's always had the luxury of playing with a dominant one. Aside from Boston. Aside from that Boston series. He's always had the luxury of playing off somebody. Dame has never really, aside from his couple years with LA where he was still getting into that number one, he's never had the luxury of, he had to be that one where CJ was, and let's be honest, the gap between Dame and CJ, you know, CJ isn't like a superstar. Dame is a superstar. But, but there's been moments where CJ has saved of, No, Dame. without a doubt. Okay. CJ McCollum, game seven, no, I, no, wait, wait, 2019 wait, 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 versus wait, the Nuggets, wait, wait, saved the day. wait. I know, guys. I know. But I'm just saying, Kyrie has played with Kevin Durant. He's played with Harden. Kyrie has played with LeBron. Yep. He's he like he's he hasn't been asked to do 
What Dame? Go ahead and say something. Wait, you said Kevin Durant. Yeah, he's playing. Okay, with I thought you said Kevin Love. No, no, hell no. No. Kevin Durant. <laughs> no, Kevin Durant, LeBron, dominant number one, like one in two guys in the league. He's been able to be, have the luxury of playing with those guys, so he doesn't have the same responsibilities as Dame. Whereas Dame has in the West, Dame has been asked to go out and beat the Warriors. You love to say Harden, he's been having to play See, the Warriors. But then Dame has argument, wait, wait, hold, hold. Dame has never had a chance to but beat to them. What I'm saying then, though, Dame has had to play the Warriors. Couldn't win. The only blip. Damian didn't play so well. So then is Damian better yeah. than Steph Curry? Because Steph Curry's had all this help. That's all I'm saying. Obviously, Steph's better. Steph is obviously better. But Steph, you can't disregard the fact that he's played with significant better talent Ooh. than Damian Lillard. Oh, you talk about Steph? But exactly. Kyrie has played with better talent than Steph, I, though. I, I push back on what you're saying because Steph is the best player on his team. I, I oh, but before it hasn't always Durant, been before like before Kevin Durant, he was the best see, player. Agreed, before but they Kev- still, but even won. last year with him being as amazing as he was, they didn't make the playoffs. That's agreed. Damian made the playoffs still, and Kyrie obviously isn't going to miss the playoffs with the Nets. But my point being is, Steph, we have him to this high standard, but it's not like look into the past. Well, the difference between all three of them is Steph has back to back MVPs. That's the big. True. The gap. No, for there. sure. So for sure. And he has a ring. So it's I don't like, think nobody comes close to Steph. No, needs to be. no, yeah, like no, that's the not gap at here. all. But I'm saying talent wise, team wise, Kyrie and Steph, Steph have the same talent for sure. But then if you're gonna hold, if you're gonna knock Kyrie for it, then obviously I don't think you okay. should knock Curry for could, it. But you got the difference. The, this is the difference between the, I, the the difference why I can knock Kyrie and not knock Steph is because pre Kevin Durant, Clay was yep. an All Star. Dre was. Borderline also, but pre Kevin mm-hmm. Steph had done things that Dame and Kyrie have never had the opportunity. Well, they did, but they just was never as good as Steph to do. He Agreed. had already solidified who he was as the best player on the championship team. Regardless if Iggy won the finals MVP, regardless if he blew through and lead, he was the best player on the championship team, the number one or two team I get in the it. league. I get what you're saying, but Dame, outside of Aldridge, after has Aldridge, had has never had an all No, I agree. Has never, has, has never, never had, never, never had the talent, and that I mean, this, in Dame's fourth season, he took this team to the playoffs. CJ McCollum, Allen Crab, Alfred Camino, and Mason Plumlee. They were nice in two K. I used to pick them straight. No, it's definitely impressive. CJ had a breakout year that year, but I mean that roster: Allen Crab, Farouk Aminu, Mason Plumlee. So the years that that Steph won back to back MVPs, it's obvious that that roster is one of the better rosters we've seen over the last few years. Then they added Kevin Durant to it regardless. Yeah, say what you want about Dre, but Draymond is the best defender. I didn't put, arguably. And then you have the second best shooter of all era. time on his team in Clay Thompson. I mean, it's like and no, he, Iggy, but Damian, but the they didn't, and, they and they had they Iggy didn't get as to that well. level until exactly. Iggy got there. But you know, you can't really knock Clay and Dre on stuff. Harrison Barnes not, as well. But the thing is, I'm not knocking. You're knocking Steph for that. No, I'm not knocking Steph for that. You're knocking Kyrie for having the talent. No, I'm saying, that's all not I'm really saying. Knocking, but I'm saying it's easier to do what you can do as a playoff performer when you have that dominant. One. I don't know about that. I think to an extent you're right, but Kyrie, even though LeBron's on his team, mm-hmm. he's the one isoing and picking apart Clay Thompson right. and Draymond and Iggy. Curry. He's the one doing that. Yeah, they were hunting down for yeah. Curry, but he was he was matched up against great defenders. For sure, he was the one averaging thirty on them and being. You know, people want to say LeBron. Of course, he was the best player in that series, but it was 1A, 1B. Both of those guys were tremendous in that series. So because Kyrie did that, Dame, as playoff series have went on, has kind of not done that. You know, for example, he had Dame, the Portland Trailblazers have made eight eight straight playoffs. They have five first-round exits. 
I mean, Dame doesn't get past the first round most of the time. And another thing to take into account. This past postseason, you both had the Blazers winning this first series. You didn't see how they couldn't get past the Nuggets. He doesn't even go, what, they lose in six? Was that Dame's fault? It I'm, wasn't Dame's I'm fault, not but saying they were Dame's favorites fault. in that series. They were favorites. You're telling me he couldn't be a beat-up Nuggets team? No, I, I agree. That definitely puts a stain on you know his... And Damian had but, a great... Be, but this, this, and this is where it, 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 it's, it's tough because we're comparing a number one to a number two. That's really what we're doing here. We're comparing a number one guy on the, the best player on his Who team. still averages ridiculous. Yeah, this is what I think, number though. Two. I think Dame, like I said, he's, he's, the, be, he's the better leader. Yeah. But oh, definitely. In my opinion, if you were to swap out Dame for Kyrie in 2016, do they come back from 3-1? I don't think I they do. do. I don't I don't, I don't think, think so. they do. And you, you can say they do because you think Dame's How a better player. How many people player. realistically, though? I know. That's tough. That, that's a, that's and a then tough Kyrie environment Irvin regardless. also hit the game winner. Like, it's so hard How to say. How many people realistically we, we plug out and they come back from 3-1? I mean, maybe Curry. I don't even think. He played bad yeah, that he series. did. That's why, I, you know, I, I like I said, I would start Curry – I would bench Dame if he's the leader of my team, but if I need a sidekick, I'm I'm benching Kyrie and I'm cutting Dame. Let me ask you a better question because I feel like the sidekick thing it makes sense, but I feel like when we're talking about side, we think just to LeBron and to Kevin Durant, who are obviously the outliers. I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna try. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna give you three players. Kawhi Leonard. No, hell no. How about Giannis? Boom. Who are you taking? Who would you put on his team? Dame or Kyrie? You have Giannis as your number one. I'm putting Dame as the second guy to Giannis. The Joker. Who's this, who's your second guy? Kyrie. Kyrie. Can Kawhi. we explain why though? Because I, I want to explain it. why. I get it. Explain, go for yes. Giannis. Because Dame's going to feed the ball to, yeah, to Giannis. The reason why I'm going Dame to pair up with Giannis is because I think Dame is, is a facilitator yep. of the basketball. And you need somebody like that to play with Giannis to handle those clutch situations. I would take Kyrie with Jokic because Absolutely. Jokic is the point center of that team. Yep. Kyrie, he would be he would basically be be playing a, a Jamal Murray role, yep. but just playing it way better. Yep. And I think that works for them I, better. I don't even have to and say then for anything. Kawhi, Kawhi is a tough one. It is. That's the that's the one. Like the thing this is, is, Kawhi the, can play make still. He got better at it a little, little bit. It's not like he's terrible at playmaking. I feel like Kyrie and him would be scary. That would be pretty, pretty good. That would be crazy. So basically, the side king thing just depends on who's the number one. And this season, Kevin Durant missed a good chunk of the season. And would you say Harden was the best player on the team? Undoubtedly. Who was the best scorer on the team? Kyrie Irving. I mean, Kyrie Irving's 27, shot 50, 40, 90, like, I think. Dude, he was insane this year. So you could say, like, he's a sidekick. But this season, he was really the guy. No, regular season-wise? Harden, Harden was the guy. Offensively. Ky- Kyrie and KD played about the same games. Same amount of games. Really? Harden was carrying them. Kyrie played 54 games, and it was a lot of How much one. did KD play? That's a I good question. I think in the 40s. If I had to guess, probably in the 40s. Because he missed a good amount of time before the All-Star break. Because KD and Kyrie played together after James Harden went out. That's a big fact. Yeah. That's a big fact. You're and right they started, about that. They, they weren't yeah, I mean, as good as with Harden. That is a good, that's a good point. You searching up that KD, how many games he played? Or are you texting? Uh, offensively, scoring-wise, I feel like Kyrie was the guy last season. Of course, who was facilitating when wasn't the playing, off- yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying, solely. Yeah, when Katie wasn't playing, for sure. But And it's like Kyrie had a, an all-time great regular season. Okay, we're going to move on to the next topic. 
the football portion of the episode, 35. we're going to move on. He played 35 games. Okay. For the football portion of the episode, we are going to give our NFL awards predictions, which team is going to surprise us this year in the NFL, and our week one predictions. But before we go, breaking news in the NFL happened. The Ravens have signed Le'Veon, Le'Veon Bell. Bell. Yep. And breaking news. That is I think it's news. I think it's it's a big story. And for the record, I during the show when it happened, I went on fantasy and I picked up Le'Veon Bell as quickly <laughs> as I can. So hopefully he's on my team by the time this recording is done. But Le'Veon Bell on the Baltimore Ravens, what do you expect? We know with the Jets, he got that big contract. He didn't play well. You can say it was the offensive line or Adam Gase. And then he went to Kansas City. And after he left, he talked bad about Andy Reid. And now he's in Baltimore. And Baltimore originally was a team that wanted to sign him in free agency back in 2018. So what does he bring to Baltimore? Well, obviously he brings his pass catching. He's still a really solid runner. So he brings that all-around running back game. I just think somebody who struggled in Andy uh, Andy Reid offenses, especially with Pat Mahomes, it's kind of like it brings like a what happened scenario. But, you know, being as if Baltimore just lost one of their running backs for the season, Lamar Jackson's going to have a guy where he could dink and dive to. I think Livion can definitely put up some solid numbers with Baltimore and definitely help the team. I'm not thinking much of this move personally. If he can't thrive in Kansas City, I'm not sure how he's going to thrive in Baltimore. Uh- I- yeah, I understand. I understand <laughs> Two that, different that offenses. for sure, because one's much more run heavy. Regardless of that fact, Le'Veon was put in a really good situation in Kansas City. If he would have showed me something, something, anything, I would be more inclined to think, you know what? I like this a lot for him. It definitely fits his play style a lot more. But for the fact that he was insignificant at like shouldn't even been on the field last season with Kansas City. That's why I'm not in love with this move. I do believe Gus Edwards is good enough to be the primary back. I do expect them to not split carries, but I think that Le'Veon's going to still take some touches away from him. With a name like Le'Veon Bell, you still earn yourself a few touches a game, but I don't think it's going to be significant enough where Le'Veon Bell's going to be an impact player. So you think Gus Edwards is still going to get that nod to be RB1? I would say it's like 70-30. I hope so, because I have him in yep. my fantasy. Yep. So I hope Gus Edwards does get the nod. But that's why I picked up Le'Veon Bell, just in case of I have both Ravens running backs. You're going to lose. I'm going to lose? Yeah. I'm, my team is way better than yours. Not even close. It's way better than yours. Stop it. Is it you don't even have a quarterback. You should have did a fantasy who segment. Have, who doesn't have a quarterback? Stop saying that. You don't have a quarterback. I do. Oh, he, ha- he doesn't have a second quarterback. Yeah, stop saying I don't have a quarterback. I but have, you did take Josh Allen over Mahomes. Just letting the... the People at home know that. You're wild. Listen, listen, that. listen. Before I even I sort of projected the points and <laughs> put Allen over Mahomes. I mean, I have Justin Herbert, Jalen Hurts, and mm. Zach Wilson. He could run. That's what it that's what put I me. got Mahomes and Lamar, so you guys are playing che- checkers. I'm playing chess. And I got Darren Waller. And I got CMC. That's cool. Yeah, I got my roster's stacked, man. I'm gonna, gonna win it all. Gonna lose. But on, on to Le'Veon Bell. The way his career is went is, is sad because it's your fault. When he signed with the Jets, <laughs> I thought that we were going to turn our franchise around, and Le'Veon Bell was going to be a huge part of that culture shift. When he was with the Jets, you know, he was a great leader for us. He was a great guy in the media. He was great in the locker room. A lot of our players liked him as a guy, as a person, which is why I, I had high hopes for him. And even in his first year with the Jets considering it was with Adam Gase and that horrible offensive line, 789 yards rushing, 3.2 yards per carry and three touchdowns isn't 
extremely bad for a guy playing in, in such a bad offense. I mean, but it's Le'Veon Bell, bro. Three point how many? Three point two. How many touchdowns? Three. Three touchdowns. But oh, every yuck. single play, every single <laughs> yeah, play from yeah, us yikes. was a halfback dive. Yeah, you right know, up there the was, middle. There was no versatility in Adam Gase's play calling. Agreed. In twenty twenty, the Jets released him, and then Kansas City picked him up. In Kansas City, he averaged four yards per carry. Even though he didn't get much opportunity, he still averaged four yards per carry. And I think with the Baltimore Ravens, he has a chance to revive his career. And I'm a guy that I like to give dudes second chances, man. You know, whenever we do a segment on on somebody whose career has went south, I always say I think they'll revive their career. Some guys. Isn't this his third chance, though? But how old is he now? 32? He's 29. Yeah. What? He's 29 still. Young boy. Isn't that the ending? We, we of signed him when he was yeah. 26. Yep. Isn't that the ending of a running back's career? It's 29, It's post 30. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So, you know, I'm always going to say I think guys have Fair a chance to, to revive their careers. I did it with Mr. Trubisky. Uh, <laughs> You know, I believe it somewhat. I, I do believe it. You should have said Ryan Tannehill. Yeah, then I would have. Yeah. You I mean, I did it. I did it. I did it with a lot of guys. Ryan Tannehill. Yep. This year, my money's on Jameis Winston. I've been saying that about yep. Jameis since last year. So hopefully that comes out to be true. Le'Veon Bell, Baltimore, their running scene with Greg Roman. And Greg Roman is one of the most brilliant run game coordinators in the NFL. And yep. he's the offensive coordinator for the Ravens. And I think with a guy like Le'Veon Bell, He's going to finally be able to play his play style because with the Jets, and I even made a video about this because I started to, I, I wanted to try out YouTube years ago and I made a video about Le'Veon Bell to the Jets. And I talked about how I don't think it's going to work because Pittsburgh always had a top offensive line. Le'Veon Bell's running style is a patient running style. So with an offensive line that is always collapsing, Le'Veon doesn't have time to be patient. Kansas City, say what you want about their firepower on offense. The offensive line last year wasn't very good. Le'Veon didn't have time to be patient in that offensive scheme. Now with Baltimore, Greg Roman, his misdirection in his play callings. They signed Kevin Zeitler, Alejandro Villanueva. They have Ben Powers and Ronnie Stanley. Lost Orlando Brown. Yeah, they lost Orlando Brown. They traded him to uh, you know the Chiefs. But their offensive line, I think, is going to be better. Since Marshall, wow. Yon- Since Marshall Yonda left, they have been trying to fill that hole at guard. And I think with Kevin Zeitler, they did it. You know, he's not really? he's not Yonda, but he's also a former Pro Bowler. Um, Kevin Zeitler is good. Also, Bradley Bozeman and Ben Powers. I, I like this offensive line group. So with the Ravens, I think Le'Veon Bell can make an impact. I think they will do a running back by committee. He won't be the workhorse. And I hope that's the case because Gus Edwards, I have him on my fantasy. And hopefully nobody steals Le'Veon Bell from me because... If I have Le'Veon and Gus Edwards, I got the best of both worlds. I can go either way. I can go either way. So what do you think? Yeah, you're out? Or in, I already what are you spoke. I guess. I'm not really. The one thing I will say is O-line, it still scares me. Kevin Zeidler wasn't that successful on the Giants. You're right. He's not a bad replacement. It's he Baltimore, is a former pro, pro bowler. So it's like if he ain't going to revive his career here, it's over. That's what I'm saying. And And truthfully, I don't think that given the fact that, one, he is a patient running back, and two, he is the pass-catching type running back, it could benefit Lamar because, obviously, Lamar hasn't really had a check-down running back yet into his career. Dobbins was going to be a potential suitor for that position, but, obviously, he goes down with the season-ending injury. Gus Edwards is more through-the-tackles type running back. Le'Veon really gives them that that type of option, so I can see your point there, and the O-line's not going to be as essential 
given the fact that one you have to scheme for Lamar Lamar Jackson ultimately. So that type of misdirection, yep. you're 100 percent right there. And it they just, also lost Justice Hill, which it, no for so sure. With Justice Hill, J.K. J.K. Dobbins out. It's Gus Edwards and it's Le'Veon Bell pretty much. Help me out, Williams, I'm Latrell, Tyshawn Williams, Tyshawn Tyson, Tyson Williams. One so he's he's still going to be in that that cloud of potential touches, especially if Le'Veon comes out and he's not really showing you anything. He hasn't had a training camp. He he just signed with Baltimore, so he's going to need a few weeks to get yep. himself get his legs underneath him. So if anything, it's not going to be an immediate impact. Maybe we're looking at week two, week three. I'm more confident in week three but i understand your point i just think that Levion right now in his point in his career i just think that his time's past due and with the what the Levion that we have become accustomed to is not the one that we're going to be seeing for the future Levion bell is one of the more talented backs we've ever seen in this league and i'm not going to take that away from him i love watching him play it is sad what happened to him but i just think that in this current moment in time that it's over on to the NFL awards. We are going to give our predictions on who we think is going to win each award, MVP, Offense Player of the Year, Defense Player of the Year, Offensive Rookie of the Year, Defensive Rookie of the Year, and Coach of the Year, and also Comeback Player of the Year. I'm about to be a real homer right now. So, some of these awards we can briefly breeze by. I think we should take the most time on MVP. Because of that, Because of that, let's save MVP for last. Okay. So first off, Coach of the year, who do you think is going to win? You want to go first? No. Um, damn, I fucking... Go ahead. Sorry. All right, I do believe Coach of the Year is going to be Sean McVay. I feel as if Sean McVay right now, given the fact that their offense was so underwhelming last season, I believe that he's going to be under a little bit more pressure Right now, they have the talks of Shanahan being a better offensive mind than him. I'm sure people believe that Sean Payne's a better offensive mind than he is. I don't believe that personally. I think that Sean Payne's a little bit overrated. That being said, Sean McVay has led a great offense with Jared Goff as his quarterback. Now, he did have the luxury of having Todd Gurley when Todd Gurley was Todd Gurley, was amazing through the tackles, amazing on the edge, amazing in the passing game. Then Todd Gurley goes down they kind of been lost in limbo since. And yep. get, now they've kind of threw Jared Goff into, a, all right, you need to be the type of quarterback that's going to sling the ball downfield and, and get his points. He wasn't that type of quarterback. Now you bring in Matthew Stafford. Now it's going to allow Sean McVay to open up the playbook and do more dynamic things because Stafford's arm is one of a kind in our league. I wouldn't say one of a kind is obviously saying that he's the best arm, but I mean in a, in a general sense, he has amazing arm talent. And now you bring in uh, these weapons with Matthew Stafford. Sean McVay is going to be successful, in my opinion. And I do look for the Rams to be amongst the top five offenses in this league, especially with the fact that's not that bold. No, I'm ready. Especially given the fact that Matthew Stafford, with all this talk around him, should elevate this Rams offense to that, that level. And I do think it's going to be a reality. All right, I forgot his name. Sean McDermott. You know, I am high on Buffalo this year. Okay. I'm going to be a real homer this whole episode for Buffalo. I think, you know, Josh Allen taking another lead. So he's your MVP too. Shut up, man. But, yeah. I'm just asking. You just said Bill's homer. I'm just guessing. he's. Yeah, no, nah, he he also – we'll get to that. But he also is going to be my MVP pick. But, yeah, Sean McDermott is my uh, 
coach of the year. I just feel like, you know, it's Josh Allen. He finally took that step that I, I thought he was going to take last mm-hmm. year and be walking into that superstar role. Now it's the MVP step. I think with the weapons he have on offense, it's un- he has the tools to do with Stephon Diggs, Emmanuel Sanders, Cole Beasley. He, Isaiah McKenzie is not bad. You know, he has guys that he can do it. Gabriel Davis is all right, too. So I think with that being said, sure. that offense is going to be so dynamic this year that Josh Allen's going to put up some great numbers, and they're going to be winning a lot, too, because I think last year, you know, gave them that confidence that they needed and that that pride that they needed. So now they're going to walk in and feel like a better team. So I got them. So my two picks, I have two picks. And when I think about coach of the year, I think about a coach that is going to take a team that wasn't so good in 2020 and make them really good in 2021. Mm-hmm. The guy that stands out to me is Kyle Shanahan. Okay. 49ers won six games last year. I think they're going to win 14 this year. That's an eight-game jump. Kyle Shanahan is my pick. But another guy I think is Brandon Staley. I think the Chargers missed the playoffs last year. They will definitely make the playoffs this year. I think the Chargers' defense is going to be great. I'm going to go out on a limb and say I think the Chargers will have a top five offense in the NFL this year. Okay. Which I don't is, even think that's a limb. Which, no, I think it is. You know, last year they were ranked 17th around 17th to 20th. Herbert, nice. And man. I think they're going to take that gigantic leap, and Brandon Staley is going to be praised for the job he will do with the Chargers. So you got Niners and Chargers? Shanahan and Brandon uh, Staley, Staley and Kyle Shanahan. Yeah. I, lo- I like both of them. Tough. I not too. Think, I, I understand the Staley pick because I am high in the Chargers too, and it's going to be his first year, and they're going to give him votes. Shanahan, I feel like we've already seen him in this position. You understand what I'm trying to say? Two years ago, he just had a team that he went to the Super Bowl with. Last year, they had a bunch of injuries, so of course that was going to derail them. And now you go into this year, they're kind of that team that they were back when they went to the Super Bowl. They they get Nick Bosa back. They lose Solomon Thomas, but that's not really too much of a, a hurt to them. Secondary wise, you know they have Jason Verrett. We have, just signed Josh Norman, and we're, are we going to talk about that later? I knew that was a topic. No, no, nah, okay. But I'm not too. I'm not a. I'm not a huge fan of that signing with the Bills. He played. He played decently, but he's not Josh Norman. Like I. I believe Sherman is is a better football player than him. A better corner, better suited for that type of defense. So now you bring in Josh Norman, who I feel like is a lesser version of that. I'm not in love with that secondary, but offensively, it's basically the same team, except now you have a second-year Ayuk, and hopefully you have a healthy Debo Samuel and George Kittle. So just to run these, run through these quickly, mm-hmm. both rookie of the year slots, offensive and defensive, who do you have? <sighs> I, I was, st- I, I was, I was going to be a homer again. I had Devontae Smith or Jamar. Devonta, uh-huh. really? Devonta. Say word. Yeah, it's a cool name. Wow. I had Devonta... I hate that name. I had Devonta, Devonta Smith and Jamar Chase as my two offensive and then defensive. I was going to be uh, another homer. I had Quiddy Pay or Michael Parsons. Those are my two guys. So my guys, I got Pat Sertan winning defensive rookie of the year <laughs> and offensive rookie of the year. This one, this one is actually tough, but I do believe Devonta Smith is going to be. His name is really Devonta. Rookie. Yeah, it is. Now, I don't think it's tough at all because I it's think be offense rookie, it is going to be Zach Wilson. <laughs> Zach Wilson is the best quarterback in this draft. He's the, the most best quarterback NFL in the ready in this draft. And by the time, you know, he finishes this year, we're going to be looking at him like a top 15 quarterback. Mm-hmm. That's how good Zach, Zach Wilson is going to be. I, I think that you're not too far off because I do think Zach Wilson is going to be solid. But one thing I will say. I do think that Devonta is going to have the numbers too, but it's just come to a point where these skill position players don't get the recognition that they deserve when it comes to winning awards. So 
And knowing that now, I'm going to adjust. I'm going Trevor Lawrence. If I had to pick a QB, I'm going Mac Jones. Defensive Rookie of the Year, I'm going Micah Parsons. It's easy for me. Really? Yeah. I mean, since I've seen Mark, Micah at Penn State, I have raved about his elite physical ability and his elite talent on the football field. I, I told River about Micah two years ago. Yep. I mean, Micah was a guy that was on my radar, and I think he's an instant game changer for the Cowboys. I have him um, having 100 tackles, four and a half sacks, mm. two interceptions, and four tackles for loss. I think he's going to have a Pro Bowl year. The I interceptions think, kill me. I don't know how you could really <laughs> you just you know, that. It's just a, it's just a guess. <laughs> just guess. Sertan has a chance to oh immediately throw himself into Before Sertan, it, would, it will be J.C. Horn. Okay, I'm going Anybody to continue with what I'm saying. Is, 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 the or thing Caleb is, Farley. I was just about to ask you that. Would that be a dark horse for you? Caleb Farley over Sertan? Yep. I'm saying okay. as a dark horse. He was better be. than him pre I have a draft. question. What do you have against me? <laughs> what do you have against me? Every single thing. <laughs> He's anti-Broncos all of a sudden. LeBron... <laughs> You don't you like the Mets because I'm a Yankee fan. <laughs> regardless, regardless, different. different I mean, you're topic. not too far off. You picked Trevor Lawrence. I thought I picked Zach Wilson. But I initially said that Trevor Lawrence was going to be the rookie of the year because one. Now we're going to go back. One, he was the number one prospect in all of football. He's it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard to take this award away from him unless Zach Wilson absolutely blows it away. He, which he is, and, and it's not like I've been on record saying Zach Wilson isn't going to be a superstar in this league. Have I said that? Nope. No. So regardless it. of this, like I was talking about <laughs> Pat, Pat Sertan. Yes, she was. Pat Sertan is going to be playing with arguably the best secondary in football. So is he going to be your third rotational corner? Because I know you have no, Callahan and no. Fuller. So Callahan and Fuller, Sertan. So and Darby. I, I believe Callahan's probably. And Callahan's a slot corner. Exactly. Right? Callahan's going to be playing the slot. Sertan and, and um, Darby. Fuller. Fuller are going to be playing the outside. Darby's probably going to switch in and out with Sertan, cool, cool, cool. but I believe that Sertan's and already Fuller's talented. Fuller's going to take number ones. I see. That's what I don't know. I don't know right now because we have so much talent on so the secondary example, side. I don't like. Say for example, you play like a Dallas. Like he would guard Ceedee Lamb or Gallup. He wouldn't take Cooper. Fuller would take Cooper. <sighs> that is tough. I feel like off rip, they're not going to put the pressure of putting him on Amari. But I feel like towards the end of the season, he definitely could work with okay. working with the ones. Cool, cool. Now, like I said, he's going to be playing with such a packed secondary yeah. lineup. He's going to have protection all over the field. So it's going to make his numbers look even better. But on top of it, he's already such a great lockup yep. corner, man coverage, playing in zone, and now playing in a defensive-minded system with Vic Fangio. I just think it's going to put him in the best position as opposed to the other defensive candidates. I do like the Micah Parsons pick, though. Micah Parsons was my other guy that I wanted defensively because the Broncos really did need a linebacker. But... I don't mind the Sertan pick because now we have honed in on us being the, the secondary. Yep. And that's what made us, on top of having an amazing pass rush, our secondary with Akeeb, uh, you had Chris Harris, Jr. Chris Harris Bradley Roby, TJ Ward. Ward, and Darian Stewart. We just had, that's what really, like, it locked us into being an all time great defense. And now we get back to the basics. Sertan's going to thrive. Gangster. So, offensive player of the year, who do you have? Alvin Kamara. That's that. I is, actually have Alvin Kamara too. Oh, we we right here because you a guru, so I already mm. know if you said it. I'm probably gonna go Saquon Barkley. Okay, I think Saquon Barkley has to have this type of season because one, it it's getting close to contract time, mm. and right now the way that things have gone, his knees have been a problem for him. 
had been a problem for him this one season. He had an injury the season prior with an ankle, and he only missed three games, still rushed for 1,000 yards. But there's questions on him. Is he that type of guy that can lead a franchise, which obviously it's hard to ask of a running back, but Adrian Peterson did it. And Saquon Barkley is being compared to Saquon, um, excuse me, being compared to Adrian Peterson, being compared to Barry Sanders-type player. Now, if he's going to live up to that expectation, he's going to have to do that this season. Mm -hmm. And I think that he will. You know, I think Saquon is an okay pick, but you're not afraid of that torn ACL coming back from it with that offensive line being so bad. I do understand that. I just believe that Daniel Jones has to realize what Saquon was so great at his rookie season. Right. He had 80 catches his rookie season. Now, do I think he's going to be near 80 catches again this season? Probably not, especially given the fact that early in the season, I think that they're going to monitor his looks, given the fact that he just came back to full contact practices. Mm-hmm. But I think that over the collection of the season, his numbers are going to be good enough. I think the first two weeks, it's going to be a, you know ease him in, but still give him a good bulk of the load. And then after that, he's just going to hit the ground running. Defensive player of the year, you guys going with Aaron Donald? I feel like can we just try to pick somebody else this time? I'm going with TJ Watt this year. Jesus it's either Christ, it's either TJ Watt or Chase Chase Young for me personally. I love I love the Chase Young pick. I had TJ Watt. Well, Chase well, Young could it's be more than firm. TJ Watt arguably could have won it last year. He, he had he I'm, had the better I think he should have I mean No, you did it. I think he should have won it last year. It's the thing is that Aaron Donald's think, being triple teamed. That's why the numbers TJ aren't is tough, TJ's. Though. Aaron TJ Donald, the fact that he still had the numbers he had. Aaron Donald's by far the yeah, best Yeah, it's not close. It isn't But 2019, close. between Gilmore and Watt, uh, that was debatable. I, mm-hmm. I, I'm cool with the Gilmore pick, I agree. Though, to be honest. I think he probably should have won it last year, though, over mm-hmm. Donald. No, definitely. TJ Watt was a freak last season. He put up the numbers. He led, What were they number one defense in the league? If they, were, if they weren't they one, were, they were top three. Yeah, had to be. So Number one was the Rams, actually. I thought number one was y'all, the Bucks. Nah. Top five, but not number one. They were just an overall great team. And obviously so, it helped at the pass rush. Who? I hate them. <laughs> Why do you hate them, bro? So bad. I love them. They beat the Chiefs. That's all I care about. You're a weirdo. Why? The Rams were first. That's surprising to me personally. They have the best corner and the best defensive lineman. They do, which obviously <laughs> should translate yeah, to like, something. Like, but You got to be at least top five. You got those two. I agree. Two. I agree. These next two awards that we're going to talk about, I think, are... The most interesting of the bunch. MVP and comeback player of the year. Are we going to do comeback? Let's start off with MVP. Okay. Who is your MVP? Or who do you think will win the MVP this season? I got two. So I got one, obviously, is Josh Allen. I think that's my favorite right now, being as if, like I said before, him coming into a, a new year with the new environment. Not with the same environment, but he has that. Now he has that that swag. He has that confidence. So now coming in, he feels like he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Now he has the weapons to back up his claim. I feel like he's going to put up the numbers. My dark horse is Kyler Murray. I love think that. with love it. You know, yeah, he thinks he's top five quarterback. So yeah, Kyler well, Murray I have with, to love it. Yeah, with I him mean, being as deadly that. as he is in the passing game and on his feet. You know, D Hop. This is year two with D Hop. I just feel like, you know, his game is just like same thing with Josh Allen. He has that confidence. He feels like he's one of the best. He's looking at the vision like I have to be an MVP in order for us to get even not even in the playoffs, but this is going to be a tough division. I got to play at my best. And I feel like his best is going to be an MVP like season. He was in the conversation last year for like four games and then, you know, flopped out. But. This one's this one's kind of tough because there's three situations I really like. I'll, I'll come to one, but there's three right now. We got the last dance in Aaron Rodgers. 
it's definitely possible that he puts himself in that running the way that I'm projecting them to play. Right. Tom Brady now in his second year with the, the Buccaneers, has a full offseason, knows the playbook now, is playing with Antonio Brown that's rumored to be Steelers-type good right now, which you could debate he's the best receiver on the team. Mike Evans, obviously, who's been the definition of consistency, and Chris Godwin, who obviously has established himself as a premier wide receiver in this league. In the backfield, Leonard Fournette, Ronald Jones, obviously at tight end, you have Gronkowski, O.J. Howard still on the lineup, too. They're just stacked with talent all over. And Brady's going to thrive. And they're saying that Brady, his arm is, feels as good as ever. So I, I feel confident that Brady could be an MVP. Now, my guy, Justin Herbert. Nah, it's unfortunate that I have to hate him, given the fact that he's in my division. I get to see him two times a year, every single year for the next 15 years, probably. But I just can't ignore the, the truth. His arm talent is unlike a lot of quarterbacks in this league. His poise under pressure is one of the best in the league already. His accuracy is amazing. Now you put him with Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, who I do think has a good season this year. If not this year, who knows when. But now you bring Austin Eckler into to the mix now that he's a solid receiving back, one of the better receiving backs in the league. Jared Cook now gets added. And now they give him a little bit of O-line help. They brought in Rashawn Slater, if I'm not mistaken. They brought in Corey Lindsley, who was the best center available in free agency. I believe that his numbers are going to be out of this world. If they were good last year, I only think that they could get better, given the fact that now he's going to have more time. So Herbie, it, it's not out of the realm of possibility that he is the MVP, and I think that that's my guy to win it. Like you, I have three situations I really like. First, I've been saying it the entire offseason and even before the offseason started that I think this year is probably Tom Brady's year to win MVP and become the oldest player in the NFL to win MVP outside of when he did it when he was 40. Tom Brady, to me, when you're in that Bruce Arians offense, every quarterback's first year, they have high turnover numbers. Tom Brady didn't have that. But you look at Carson Palmer when he was with Arizona. His second year in that offense, his second full season, was an MVP candidate. I think Tom Brady's going to thrive this season. He could be MVP. I love Ryan Tannehill and the Titans. I think now that Julio Jones is added onto that roster, they're going to be forced to pass the ball even more. And Ryan Tannehill playing like a top-seven quarterback these past couple of seasons, now throwing the ball more, is, is going to be in that conversation. My third is Justin Herbert. And I, I Justin Herbert, I think Joe Lombardi and Brandon Stilley have built a scheme to fit Justin Herbert's skill set. And you mentioned Austin Eckler. I think the breakout player is going to be Mike Williams. Okay. They, they have said all training camp long that he's going to be the X receiver. And Joe Lombardi is bringing in that same offense from the Saints to the Chargers and the ex receiver with the Saints was Michael Michael Thomas. And we saw Michael Thomas have the most receptions in history yep. playing in that offense. Mike Williams, a similar big-bodied receiver, not as sharp as a route runner, but this guy was supposed to be an all-pro receiver when he was when he was drafted. For sure. I think this is the year that Mike Williams thrives, and it, it is a contract year for him, so perfect timing for him. But I do think Justin Herbert is going to be in that conversation. 
And if if it's not Brady, I think it's Herbert. That okay. that's what I that's what I'm going with. Fair enough. If it's not Brady, it's Herbert. Didn't you say you had three? I thought you said yeah, you had three. It was Ryan Tannehill too. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. Okay. Yeah. okay. But he's so, he's slowly being removed. So out Brady, Herbert, Tannehill. Brady, Herbert, Tannehill. Yes, and that's you correct. You said um, I said Rogers, uh, Brady, Herbert. Herbie. But Herbie is my number one. Got it. Got it. Got it. Talking about surprises, let's talk about which team in the NFL do you think. Well, will surprise you, right? You know, every team there's a team that had that didn't make the playoffs the previous year and makes it the very next year, or maybe a team that made the playoffs that is finally taking a jump. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Comeback player of the year. We didn't talk about that. You're right. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. We didn't talk about I didn't, that. I do not have one. I'm just gonna No? No. Okay. I was trying to think trying to work it out. Mine is Jameis Winston. Okay. Is it like somebody who was hurt or is it just somebody who didn't play well last year? Because if it is, I have one. Carson well, that usually yeah. Was, yeah, that's yeah. usually what goes hand in hand. But I think mine, given the fact that I have him winning Offensive Player of the Year, I got to go with Saquon Barkley. Obviously, coming off a tourney, uh, ACL, one of the most more difficult injuries to come back from outside of a torn Achilles. I'm projecting to have an all-world season, and if he wins Offensive Player of the Year, it's almost 100% positive that he's probably going to win Comeback Player of the Year. We've seen it happen in the past where, you know, obviously Adrian Peterson is just, that's the greatest comeback season I've ever seen in my entire life. I don't know if we'll ever see something like that again. You come nine yards short of breaking the all-time rushing record after two games of mediocrity, which is insane to start the season. But I do believe Saquon could have a very great season following a torn ACL. He's going to be the player that they look towards the most. And now you bring in Galladay to, to remove some pressure off of him. They're hopefully not going to be stacking eight every single game because that's what he sees. And now you give him some weapons on the outside. Kadarius Tony, who I'm not a huge fan of, truthfully, but at least it's a weapon. Sterling Shepard doesn't have to see the ones that, obviously, that he's been seeing over the last couple of years now that Odell's been gone. I think that's going to open up the field for Saquon, and I think that he's primed for this. Well, yeah, then my guys went, you know, I feel like with all the expectations, with all the doubts that he received, I think, you know, being as he's, he's linking up with his coach that was with him during that MVP year, you know, new system, new environment. I feel like Indianapolis has the tools. Need They don't, you know, their wide receivers are still a little bit in question. You know, T.Y. is always hurt. Michael Pittman Jr. We still have to see. But their running back core is probably, you could stack them up with one of the best in the league. They have three really, really good running backs. And Jonathan sure. Taylor is a star in the making. And you know, that defense is still really good. They're projected, if not to win the division, come in second place. So, you know, this is high expectation. This team was just in the playoffs last year. Phillip Rivers played good last year, so this is a team who's expected to, you know, we want to come in, we want to be a competitive team, a playoff team. So Wentz has a lot riding on it, and he has a lot of expectations, so I got him. Talking about the surprise team in the NFL, what team do you think that is going to be this season? What team is going to surprise you? Arizona. You know, I think they're finally going to get back into the playoffs, you know, getting Ch- having Chandler Jones, hopefully he, you know, plays, getting J.J. Watt to have two of the best, one of the best defensive linemen in the league is phenomenal. Then you got, you bringing in some help for D-Hop. You still got D-Hop. Kyler Murray's still improving. You know, they don't have a number one corner, so that's going to help. But I think Byron Murphy, I think he's he's pretty solid. You know, so he can fill that up for a little bit. They can still pick up somebody. But nonetheless, Arizona, with that division, Seattle, 49ers, they just picked up their young quarterback for the future. Rams got Matthew Stafford. I feel like Kyler Murray's looking at this division is looking like I can be the best in this division. You know, I can come in and I can solidify my spot and set tone for the next nine, 10 years. And I feel like this is the year where he finally 
decides, all right, Arizona, we're going to get back in it. We're going to break through. And they have the pieces. They have the tools. They, they have the team. Cliff Kingsborough is a good coach. So this is my Kingsbury. team. Thank you. So maybe this is going to be a surprise to you guys. Denver Broncos. <laughs> you defense, are annoying. Defensively, we have, on paper, one of the best defenses in the league. Teddy Bridgewater lost five to six games by one point, by one score, excuse me. Now you give him a significantly better defense, probably give him worse weapons given the fact that obviously CMC was on the team, but he didn't play a good portion of the year. Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore did have over 1,000. We need to see Sutton come back from injury before I can say that we have just as good as a weapon because I do believe Jerry Judy is like that. Noah Font is, if given the quarterback play of Drew Locke these fantasy. past few seasons, exactly, that's a good pick. I think, I think Noah Font is going to be primed for a really good season, given the fact that Teddy Bridgewater is one of the more accurate throwers, check down quarterbacks, and that's just going to serve more opportunity for Noah Font to make a name for himself. You have Javante, Javante Williams, who's going to be a, a really solid piece for us this season. And a name that we have, that a lot of people are sleeping on, Melvin Gordon, last year of his contract, obviously after last season and the, the issues off the field, you know, people are down on Melvin Gordon, but to end the season, Melvin Gordon was sneaky good last year. He was one, he was arguably our best offensive weapon down the, the last four or five games of the season. Look for him to be involved in this offense a lot more than what people are insinuating already. You know, we took Javante Williams in the second round, so automatically people are going to guess that we're going to move off of Melvin Gordon. But we paid him money. He's still on the contract for one more season. I think next season's Javante Williams' big breakout season. I still think that we're going to give Melvin Gordon a good portion of the carries too. And he has the ability to be a receiving back. So given the combination of our our defense, who I do firmly believe is going to be top five in our league, it solely comes down to whether our linebacking core can sick, can you know save face. Because that's our obvious weakness. But other than that, we have no weakness. Defensive line, Vaughn Miller coming back. Shelby Harris, obviously. Bradley Chubb being one of the better defensive ends in our league now. He was top 40 in, in the NFL top 100. Secondary, you know my opinion on that already. I believe that we have probably the best secondary in the league. Comes down to Vic Fangio and his play calling. I, I, I am a believer in Vic Fangio. And I think that Teddy's going to be good enough to win this game. So that's my surprise of the NFL season. It's not a surprise. We knew you were going to pick Hey, him. not everyone has us that high, so it's a surprise. Homer. In 2018, I picked the Bears to be my surprise oh, here team. We go. They went 12 They went twelve and 4, made the playoffs, almost won a playoff game. In 2019, I picked the Tennessee Titans to be my surprise team. And also, they played well as well. And this past season in 2020, Tampa Bay Buccaneers were my team that I was going with. And you can say that's not that much of a surprise, even though I, I said they, they were going to win the Super Bowl since they they got Brady. My surprise team last year was also the Washington football team. I said they were going to make the playoffs. I said they have a top five defense in the NFL, and they did. They did just that, and de- their defensive line was elite. And this year, I've talked about Minnesota so much that I don't even, I don't even want to talk about them again mm-hmm. because – just looking at the teams the past couple of days and doing more research on this subject and just looking at some film, I think the Philadelphia Eagles is a surprise team this year in the okay. NFL. Mm. Cool and choice. The NFC East is, is a division that is always changing. Every year there is a new winner. We look at Washington. Do I think Washington is still going to be a good team? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. 
But can Ryan Fitzpatrick also lose them games? Absolutely. You look at the Giants. Horrible offensive line. Daniel Jones not knowing what he is. I'm not sure how many games they're going to win. I think this is a year that they might struggle fast and they might tank later on because they want one of those top QBs in a draft. Then I look at the Dallas Cowboys. Offensively, they are amazing. Defensively, their secondary is one of the worst in the NFL. And outside of Demarcus Lawrence, they don't have another great pass rusher or even good pass rusher. Because of that, I'm not high on the Eagles either. Philadelphia, there are not... Cowboys. Green Cowboys. Yep, yep, yep. You're good. You're good. You said no, Eagles, Philadelphia. Good. Yeah, Philadelphia. Oh. The Eagles have something a lot of teams don't. They have a top 10 defensive line and offensive line. Last year, according to PFF, they were the second-ranked defensive line in the entire NFL. They were the 15th-ranked offensive line. And they, they were injured the entire season, getting Jason Kelsey back, Brandon Brooks, having Lane Johnson. They're going to be a top-10 offensive line. Last couple of years, secondary has been the glaring hole. They tried to trade for Darius Slay last year to try to solve that. Didn't do them much, but... They signed Steven Nelson, who has been a solid corner for the Steelers for years and with Kansas City. They signed Anthony Harris, who has been one of the top safeties in football the last two seasons. And then at receiver, their other big hole, Devonta Smith, drafting him, who I think is going to be a star on day one. Jalen Rager, I'm still high on Jalen Rager. I think he has a lot of he he still has a lot of potential left, and he's going to stretch out the field for the Eagles. Then Dallas Goddard. Zach Ertz, both on contract years, they want to get paid. They're going to play well. And Miles Sanders, who he's a fantasy guy. Like this guy does so much. This guy is a really good player. And Jalen Hurts is getting slept on. Everybody's writing off Jalen Hurts like he is a, a bottom 20 quarterback. Like he can't be the Eagles future. You included because you're not a Hurts guy. And I'll be honest, I wasn't a Hurts guy at first, but that was mostly due to what I think his limitations as a quarterback are in terms of arm strength and accuracy. But as a leader, his leadership is off the charts. And I think that is crucial to evaluating the quarterback position. And he wants to get better. That's why Jalen Hurts, I think it's not it's not far-fetched to say he can be a top 18 quarterback when it's all said and done after the 2021 season. And that's why I have the Eagles being my surprise team, if they win the division, I wouldn't be shocked. I have them at second place right now, going nine and eight or eight and nine. And looking at their schedule, they face the Lions, they face the Jets, I believe the Bengals too. Their, their schedule is easy. They have the easiest schedule of every team in the NFC East. The first game of the year is against the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, Jalen Hurts against that defense. I'm definitely starting him against that defense. They can win that game too, and they can start off very good. That's why I have the Eagles as my surprise team this year. My only question is, is top eight, so you're saying they could win the division. With him being top 18? Yes. They could win the division? I think that defense is a top 15 defense in the league. I'm still questioning their secondary. Slay looked bad against number true number one corners. He got violated. DK violated him. Obviously, Tay Adams is going to violate anyone, but he did him in. Anthony Harris was a good signing for them. I just don't know if two pieces. They didn't have a safety last year. That's, Sometimes you need help. I agree, but is that going to be on one side? Or are you going to play Anthony Harris on one side, put Slay on the I other? I just feel like 
with Slay, he was on an island every play back to back to back. But when you're a true weeks. number one, it's I'm not saying that he needs to be lock up every single week. I'm just saying you can't. We look play a like lot of man. How many true number ones is he facing though? I mean, you know, read, like read for example, season. the Falcons, Calvin Ridley for sure. He's gonna Ridley's gonna do his thing. The what? 49ers, Brandon Ayuk, Debo. I sleep. I, Ayuk, I like I'm, Ayuk. I'm pretty high. On. I like Ayuk. I'm pretty high on. I think I drafted him too. You did? Yeah, yeah. I love Ayuk. Your team's nice. Yeah, I, lo- I love Ayuk. Don't overrate him. Cowboys, CeeDee Lamb, Amari Cooper. He might He's get... Toast. Ah, it's going to be tough. It's going to be a tough game. Versus the Chiefs, Tyree Kill. Toast. Panthers, DJ Moore. DJ Moore. I would give him... I'll give I him his respect nah, there. Nah, yeah, yeah. Buccaneers. Oh, DJ Moore is tough. I am. He's tough, but he's still Darius Slay. But that's DJ Moore. Let's not do that now. DJ Moore. All Moore's right. All right. Tough. Another team that he could get I cooked by. I don't by. think so. Buccaneers. Yeah, we know. Yes. Raiders. No. They don't. Raiders. What are you expecting from Rugs? Not, not much, honestly. Okay. Yeah. That's. I think Rugs is going to be very improved this year. Very. Lions. Nobody. No. Chargers. Keenan Allen. Yeah, he's screwed. Broncos. No. Okay. Not yo, right. see, Come on, go. man. Here Come we on, go. Man. You don't give the, the respect to DJ Moore. You're not getting Denver. You're, you're not, not getting, getting Denver. Judy if you're not giving DJ. You're yeah, you're not getting Denver. Oh my God. Come on, and bro. Sutton doesn't exist Okay, Saints either. with DJ no Michael better. Thomas or Mike Thomas. Saints? No, we'll, Saints. Play, we'll, Saints. Play, we'll play them with Mike. What week that. is that? Well, it's going to be probably by the time he's back. What yeah. week? So it's like week 10, week 11. He'll be back. He'll be back. So the Giants, Kenny Galladay. He could lock him up. Jets, Corey Davis. Str- Darius Slay know. struggles. Corey I, Davis. I, know. I like Corey Davis. Hold on, Drew. J- Darius Slay struggles with big receivers. Kenny Galladay is a big receiver. He that's is, what but then he Daniel Jones. With. We have to. It's, we, that is, I'm that being that mindful. And Washington with McLaurin. He's going to get that. <laughs> Yo, I'm telling you, the secondary is just not going to be it. Well, if they play zone, they'll be fine. Lord, I agree. We don't there. play zone. We don't play zone. I mean, not from what you know, but this is an entire new coaching staff. Nick Sirianni true. and their defense coordinator, Jonathan Gannon. Jonathan Gannon. A quick history on Jonathan Gannon. Jonathan Gannon was the defensive back coach for the Colts and the Vikings. The reason why Xavier Rhodes went to Indy was because Jonathan Gannon was his coach mm-hmm. in Indy, in Minnesota. And that's why Xavier Rhodes had that great year, mm-hmm. because Jonathan Gannon was his coach. Now, I mean, this guy is is great with corners and secondary players. That's why Anthony Harris signed with the Eagles, because he worked with Jonathan Gannon. So Jonathan Gannon, I think, is going to be a good defense coordinator. And Nick Sirianni designed the plays for the Colts last year. Frank Wright called them, but Sirianni designed them, and they were a top-10 offense. Because of that, I think this coaching staff is getting slept on. It's not this abysmal coaching staff. People think it is because of Nick Sirianni's introductory press conference, but this coaching staff just, is pretty good. I think people are just more just more not in hope with the players, right? Like, you, you say we have a great offensive line. We do, but we also have an offensive line that hasn't been healthy in two or three seasons. And our receivers are still, aside from Devonta Smith, are still unproven, and we don't know what they're going to be. And that defensive line is probably the only sure thing that we have right now. Everything else is like, wait and see, maybe. Well, I trust hopefully. Miles Sanders. I feel like Miles Sanders is a firm part if of that If we give team. him the ball, yes. And he needs to also stay on the field. He struggled with some health issues. But when he's been on the field... He's led. No, the, when he gets the ball, he's, and we, he's, he's very tough. good we at football. To, I hope we feed him. You know, we have to feed him the ball, but yep. we don't. But you said, you know, new head coach, all that good stuff. So. Yeah, my secret team are the Philadelphia Eagles. Hopefully, I'm, I'm going uh, four for four here, or five for five. You're, you know, the Jets are going to not beat us again, right? You don't know that. Zach Wilson can change that. Oh, God. They've never beaten us. Corey Davis can change that. They've never that. beaten us. But if you think the Eagles will beat the Jets and beat the 
beat the um I think Falcons. we'll definitely beat y'all in the Lions. If you beat the Jets, Falcons, Lions, that's three wins right there. And are they gonna split with the Giants? Yeah, probably. Yeah. They beat us twice gonna, last year. Are they going to split with Washington? They beat us twice last probably. year too. I don't know if they'll split with Washington. Or Dallas. They always split with Dallas. They, they definitely split always with split with Dallas. But so Washington, I'll, they could locate take That's both. true. But let's just say they split two yeah. of the, those three. That's five wins right there. I'm telling you, man, they could rack up those wins pretty quickly. For sure. That's no, not a bad sleeper. And the Panthers, Panthers, another team could be. My only, my only concern is secondary. But everything else, everything else you said was sound. On to the final segment of the podcast. It is NFL Pick'em dun, 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 dun. Week One. Week One predictions of the NFL. If you aren't familiar with this segment, we just run down every single game and give you guys who we think is going to win. So starting off with the first game, Cowboys versus Buccaneers. And just a heads up, the second team I name is the home team. So Cowboys versus Bucks. Bucks are at home. Who wins? I'll start off with you, Riff. Bucks. Tom Brady, best team in the league, Bucks. Buccaneers, AB goes for over 100. Ew. I have, I have the Buccaneers as well. I think Dallas Cowboys defense is... Is not ready for that Buccaneers offense. That Tom Brady, best quarterback of all time, repping him. I had to wear this jersey for good luck. For this I actually game. like the matchup, the offense, Dallas offense versus Tampa's defense. It's just such a shame that that defense is. Yeah, I like that matchup no. though. So Cowboys on to the another, on to the second game: Seahawks versus Colts. Who wins? Homer Colts. <laughs> I'm going Seahawks. I just feel like both sides you. of the ball, they got it. I'm going Seahawks too. I both think. sides of the ball. Yeah, Seattle has a better defense than the Colts. Stop it. I'm going with the Seahawks. I think Russell Wilson is going to be amazing. He always starts off the season great. Yep. Respect and then it. later on kind of, you know, slows down. But Seahawks will win this game. Jaguars versus Texans. <laughs> oh, I got the Jaguars. I'm going Jaguars as well. I'm going Jaguars <laughs> too. I think Trevor Lawrence, this is great for him. First great. game as a rookie playing the Texans yep. who aren't very good. On to the next game, Eagles versus Falcons. I'm I'm going with my team, Philly. I'm going Falcons. I feel like Falcons playing at home. Last year, they had a lot of disappointing losses. I'm going with the Falcons. I'm going with the Philadelphia Eagles. I think Jalen Hurts is going to have a what monster game. Crazy. Could. Right. Ridley could, too. When I look at the Falcons, I think their secondary just isn't impressive to me. Their defense is not good. Agreed. Offensive line is horrible, and Eagles have one of the best defensive lines Matt Ryan is going to have a tough time. I have the Eagles winning this game. We haven't beat Atlanta in Atlanta in a while, though. Chargers versus Washington. Who wins? I'm a tr- I, 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 I like Washington's defense. I'm going to go Washington this game. I'm going to take the Chargers. I'm going Washington because I think their defense is going to be too much. The Chargers have a brand new offensive line. To test out that offensive line against... Chase Young. That good of a defensive line. Not just Chase Young, but Montez Sweat, Jonathan Allen. He's different. Yep. Yep. Payne. He's so good. I mean, this, is Ryan Kerrigan still on the squad? No, no, he's on the Eagles. Oh, wow. Okay, interesting. I just think Washington is going to win this game, but don't, you know, don't uh, get all sad Chargers fans. I still have you guys <laughs> going 11-6. and six. Steelers versus Bills. Oh, Bills. <sighs> this is going to be a good game, but I am going to go Bills. I'm going Buffalo, too. I think the Steelers definitely are not going to win against Buffalo. At, home opener yeah. at home. Josh Allen. Go he's going to come out crazy. 49ers versus the Lions. Oh, Niners. Niners. Roll it. I got Niners, too. <laughs> Vikings versus the Bengals. Oh, Vikings. Vikings. Roll it. 
Jets versus the Panthers. Panthers. I'm, I'm sorry, bro. Going Sam Donald is going to kill y'all, bro. Uh, Panthers are going to win. Panthers. <laughs> this is easily the worst thing you've ever said on this podcast. The Jets are going to win this game because Zach Wilson is going to show every <laughs> Jets fan and every fan in the NFL why the Jets made the right decision taking him mm-hmm. and getting rid of Sam Donald. Zach Wilson is the guy. Yep. Tony Romo has said he's going to be a top five quarterback, Mahomes it. level type of dude. Oh, Tony, Tony Romo. Romo said it. Tony Romo no, Romo's word is one of the is great hall is one of the greatest solid. quarterbacks to ever played a game, man. Really? One of the greatest? One, I'm not going to say top 10, but he's definitely okay. one of the greatest quarterbacks. When you say one of the greatest, you just screamed. Like, you're saying, like, top I, 10. I think, top. you know, he's I'm definitely cool with that statement. criminally underrated. I'm Tony, cool with and that he's statement. The, one of the best play-by-play analysts in the entire Now, that's game. facts. I, that I, I think facts. Tony Romo's amazing. I think the Jets are going to win. Zach Wilson's going to surprise a lot of people. And Sam Darnold is going to throw his usual <laughs> two, three interceptions. I'm not worried. Okay. Cardinals Ooh. versus Titans. This is a good-ass game. I'm going to roll with Tennessee, though. I just feel like Derrick Henry, Julio, AJ, that's a nasty offense. I don't think Cardinals are ready right now. Cardinals defense isn't ready for primetime. I got the Titans, and I think it's going to stop Kyler Murray's top five quarterback. <laughs> yeah. After, after one? After Caleb Farley picks off Kyler and gets that defensive rookie of the year narrative rolling. Maybe. Caleb Farley, the so, guy. I thought you got Michael Parsons, though. Oh, yeah. I, you know how many guys you got? I, I got a lot of guys, man. Jesus, got a lot of guys. Unbelievable. Man. Browns versus Chiefs next game. Who wins? Whoo, that is tough. But at Arrowhead, I'm going Chiefs. Chiefs. I'm going Chiefs too. Dolphins versus Patriots. Mac versus Tua. I'm gonna go New England. I'm going Dolphins. Mac versus Tua. I said the last episode. Mac is better than Tua, and New England, I think, is going to be better than Miami this season. I got Mac Jones. I got the New England Patriots. Broncos versus the Giants. Oh, I got y'all. Denver. Yeah, we're winning. I'll yeah, be there you. to watch it, too. I like yeah, that defense. I, I, I think y'all. the Broncos will win this game, too. Sweet. I'll give you respect. Thanks, even, bro. even though you don't give my team their respect, oh my goodness. I'll give you your no team your, their respect. No disrespect. Against the Panthers, tough matchup week Panthers, one. Panthers, come on, man. Get out of here. Sorry, bro. Panthers, man. Packers versus Saints. Packers, easy game. This is not an easy game, but they don't have MT, so. I'm going to go New Orleans, though. I'm taking wow. the underdog this game. Okay. I'm going with the Packers. I'm going with the Packers. Bears versus Rams. 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 I'm going with the Rams and Ravens versus Raiders. Ravens. This is going to so, be a close game, but I'm going Ravens. You think okay. it's going to be close? I do think it's going to be close. Do you believe Raiders are a playoff team? No. Okay. I was going to deck you. Because Mike Mayock said that they want to make the playoffs this year. I was going to hit you just now if you just said Raiders. I think the Ravens are going to win. And also, Packers versus Saints. It's going to be at New Orleans yep. with fans. We know how they get. We know how they get. I still I, have the Packers. Too. I thought they weren't. Oh, was that for the preseason that they weren't playing in their home stadium? Oh, no. It actually is here as well. Yeah, you're okay. right. Okay. You're right. Oh, of the because hurricane. of the hurricane. Yeah. yeah I changed right. my pick. Packers. Yeah. I mean, I had the Packers regardless, but it, it would have been a very tough uh, place to no, play. No, actually, I'm going to stay where I am at, Saints. Okay. I ain't going double. So down. that's going to do it for episode 110 of. The Pick Aside Podcast, if you guys made it this far, thank you for listening. You can follow us on Twitter at Pick Aside Pod, on Instagram and TikTok at Pick Aside Podcast. And if you guys would like to join our Discord server, you can by donating to us on Patreon or joining via YouTube membership. And thank you guys for listening, and we'll see you next time.